Howdy folks. Welcome back to the Hunt Harvest Health Podcast. <laughs> oh man, this is a, uh, a very nice Sunday afternoon. We're sitting on the porch trying to get a little intro done. The yeah, our time is up. We got all of 20 seconds. Yeah, it's hard to get these. What you think would be the easiest thing to do with a podcast is just get a little intro knocked out, but it's really hard. Actually, what's hardest is getting you to sit down and do it. The ridiculous amount of projects that we have going on besides your work and your upcoming deer hunts and boiling elk heads and uh, the garden and prepping food and our kitchen exploding. I mean, it's just like, yeah, sit down and do an intro. We got a lot of things going on. This garden is just going crazy right now. Been in there pretty much all day between in and out of the house, plucking veggies, cooking veggies, um, making a big old giant stew that I'm cooking down, getting ready for uh, a big dehydrating session. Um, I got, I think I got 15 meals done today with just the, uh, I did a bunch of cre- like unique creations with, uh, with some rice dishes, cooked up a ton of meat, a whole bunch of elk burger, um, just started ripping veggies out of the garden a lot of onions a lot of peppers and then a whole bunch of greens if it was like kohlrabi tops or beet greens and kale collards all that stuff i was just chucking it in the pot and uh, cooking it down ended up getting uh oh man just a ton of really good dishes cooked up a bunch of brown rice and and um yeah, I got a bunch of curry dishes and tikka masala. I put a little tikka masala sauce in some. and Yellow curry, red curry. Um, and I made a bunch of spaghetti, too, with some of the, my last jars of spaghetti sauce that were canned up from last season. We got a billion tomatoes going right now, so we're ready to make some more sauce. Yeah, we probably should do a quick podcast at some point here on the uh, canning and dehydration. Cause yeah. There are a lot of questions that come in from listeners, and uh, we just, we just, you know, getting all these things out of our head, and we just do them. And but well, the like, house right now is a sauna. It's about today. It was probably eighty, and inside one of our rooms uh, in our house where the dehydrators are running, it is like a sauna in there, and they've been running for days straight now. So well, there's like there's all these herbs going right now, so I'm dehydrating like just bins of dill trying to get all those dried out and uh into jars and then also all the plums are ripening up right now so we picked a crud ton of plums and pitted them and got those drying out i'm going to take those on next week's hunt bunch of banana chips Um, you pitted all those plums that were sitting in there yeah in the bowl oh that's a different bowl no that's a new bowl oh gosh i I was like i pitted a big pile yesterday i didn't see you do that bowl no, there's a bunch of a lot, of, we'll lot make, of things we did. Cherries, we'll plums, jelly out of that one. bananas, a bunch of dried fruit for uh, kind of snacks back there. So it beats Snicker bars, I guess. Yeah, it's just the time of the year. Yeah. Lots of stuff coming out of the ground. Yeah, if you haven't already, go to our website and check out uh, our garden. There's a tab, that our, the garden on there that I put. And it's just basically pictures of how our garden has matured from when we started it this season. 
up through now and I just keep putting like current pictures on there. So yeah. it's yeah. kind that, of fun to look at. I've never actually the, done that all these years of the garden. I've never just sequentially put pictures together in a gallery like that and it's kind of fun to look at it. Yeah, it is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. from the start till now. Right now it's just, it's nuts. It's just, you walk in the hothouse and there's, you can just go through and pick a couple handfuls of um, cherry tomatoes or some big old purple Cherokee heirlooms in there and there's a just a pile of stuff you can rip out so it's hard to keep up but uh, and also it's berry season the blackberries are coming on I've got mm-hmm. a ton of uh, gallon zip bags frozen in the freezer because I have yet to be able to make anything with them but uh, got a bunch dried out dehydrated and powdered for smoothies later um, let me tell you my most favorite thing you've made is the dehydrated raspberries We've never dehydrated raspberries in all these years. We've had these bushes. Yeah, we usually freeze them. Or we make... freeze them for smoothies and stuff or make jelly. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Those dehydrated raspberries in, like, oatmeal in the morning or something. It's just like our yogurt. It's like a treat. Oh, they're so yeah. good. And then he made this red raspberry powder, too. I think there's a picture in the well, garden gallery. The reason I made that is because um, oh, that's you perfect. always complain about the seeds. A lot yeah. of people don't like raspberry seeds, so they just don't put raspberries in their smoothies because you get all the seeds, and it is kind of a bugger. But um, so I figured I'd just dry them out, and you know, dehydrated raspberries are good alone. Um, just put them in a mason jar and seal them off, and, and eat them as you mm-hmm. want them. But then also, you can uh, powder them, and all the seeds get blended in. So kind of turns it into a powder you have no seeds when you do make your smoothie or you can add it to anything you put it on yogurt or ice cream if you're an ice cream eater well you know dr jillian and i talked in that q a about uh, she talked about green powders and red powders and all that stuff that you can buy <laughs> and yes tanis joined us we we got all of one minute by ourselves um she has the sixth sense of when we put these headsets on it's like Let's come talk to you. Uh, and Dr. Jillian talked about all the green and red powders. And man, you make them yourself. Got the kale powder. We got the raspberry powder. Yeah. Hopefully, we're going to make some blackberry powder because we got a blackberry bush going crazy out front. So it's kind of fun. Yeah. Powder everything as I know. well. Excalibur. Get your Excalibur. <laughs> Get your Excalibur dehydrator, everybody. You can get it right on our website through Amazon. You'll help our podcast by going there and buying it. Uh, You know, I think we make like a 30 cents or something if you buy it. But, man, you need one of those Excalibur dehydrators if you don't have one. They're the best thing you'll ever get. Yeah, they're awesome. they got nine trays. You can really do a lot of berries at a time. Yeah. So they're pretty much just running 24-7 now between meals and fruit. Yeah. Plums, berries. So yeah. today's podcast, uh, Ryan, you want to talk a little bit about the Northwest Mountain Challenge last weekend that you went to? Yeah, sure. Yeah, we uh, we had a blast up there. Man, we, we had some great guys show up um, that uh, we got to shoot with. Kind of how that goes is Friday, you do the, uh, you get up there, you do the night shoot. You do a, well, it used to be a glow stick shoot. They actually had lights beaming onto the targets this year so made it a little bit different but it's just kind of a fun little token thing that you do on a friday night um, one guy holds a headlight and uh, you try to drill the target out there you're usually not very far like 20 to 40 yards or something like that but it's kind of unique and then shoot yes saturday we 
went up and ran the... <laughs> oh, jeez. Barney. <laughs> oh, man. No. Ran the... Uh, well, there was three courses. There was Pure Elevation, and there was the Phelps course, and there was the Hoyt course. And uh, so we ran through the Hoyt course first, and then the Phelps course, and just had a great group of guys to shoot with. Um some of the guys that uh, I've actually got a hunting trip set up for this this fall in November in Idaho that I had never met before, and so it was good to meet them and and um, just kind of shoot with them for the day. And that was fun. And then uh, Sunday, um, shoot, actually, yeah, uh, the guy that we we interviewed, um, Zach Kenner, he shot with us as well. Shot the Phelps course, and and then Sunday. Um, we went up and shot pure elevation which was incredible it was just a grinder it was like four miles a lot of elevation gain hiking through boulder fields steep shots long shots it was kind of everything you wanted um getting ready for a hunt um which my hunt is coming up in a week so um a couple of them kind of back to back so that was awesome just to just to get that in that work in and and get up and, and shoot and hike around and hang out with some some good dudes and yeah we got to watch a little bit of the full draw film tour up there they had a few films up there mm-hmm. that were just awesome um real yeah. good stuff it was fun everybody enjoyed it of course everybody's pretty tired at that point on a saturday night but yeah i kind of screwed up i mixed up that weekend i thought it was the next weekend and i schedule like two weekends of work a year <laughs> so i thought i was doing good by scheduling that weekend so i wouldn't have to uh, yeah no it was that weekend so i ended up working all day in seattle and then driving up there and i stayed saturday night got to see everybody and watch the film festival which was fun but i didn't get a shoot so i had to go back to work sunday morning but uh yeah it um looked hardcore i saw the pictures and stuff in the video and that's our ski hill so it's like I've I'm like oh yeah I've skied that bowl oh yeah I've skied that and I'm like geez it looks totally different without snow up there yeah I grew up skiing Stevens Pass um geez I don't know I skied there 20 years or mm-hmm. back in the day when I did ski now I just I'm afraid of blowing a knee out so I don't ski much anymore but know, man before depressing. I was a Seasons Pass every year I was a bum but yeah it's a, just an awesome venue up there we had a lot of guys show up this year. Um, Last year was great, and uh, this year I don't. I never heard a final head count, but it was a lot of guys, and uh, that was good to see. I think it'll just keep getting bigger. Um, great course, the guys, you know, Brock Aker and Travis, um, they set up an awesome course, and um, Brock Brock deserves a lot of credit for getting that done. And Tyler Crockett, they all they all worked their tail off and, and made that thing, uh, you know, run real smooth. So it was great. Yeah, it's a lot of work to put all those targets up and take them all down and on that in that elevation and stuff. Yeah, it was fun though taking them down. We went up and helped Brock um, and all the all the guys at the end. And uh, Scott Carr showed up. He drove up early. He got up early and blasted up there. So he uh, he got to shoot the course and he helped us tear them down. And um, yeah, there was there was a handful of us that I gotta you know, we gotta climb and go pull targets and ribbons and ropes and yeah it was a blast cool so so who are we talking to today who are you talking to today (laughs) (laughs) well today we uh yeah we were we interviewed um zach kenner hardworking hunter and uh the guy that we were shooting with up there Mm -hmm. on uh, saturday and sunday great dude um 
really glad I got to, I got to hang out with Zach. I actually went to his place and got to see, uh, see some of the, some of the antlers and hear a lot of the stories and see his setup. I mean, I, he, he is, uh, he really lives it. He, uh, he's super into it and he's got a, a great, great setup there and shoots a lot. Um, great shooter as far as, uh, his bow, you know, I, di- I didn't get to go shoot rifles with him, but man, the guy's really good at, at what he does and, and filmmaking. Um, I think a lot of people know Zach by his films. He's got a YouTube channel, uh, it's, you know, hardworking hunter YouTube channel. And he's got, I think, I don't know, maybe a dozen or 15 films on there that, that guys could go watch. And it's really good. He's, he's, uh, he's pretty creative and, and unique. And I've really enjoyed all of his, he's got some really cool Wyoming stuff on there that I, uh, yeah, I really enjoy watching. So, I think the first video I watched of Zach's was him, the processing, the meat processing video that they had done, where they're processing, I don't know if it's one elk or more than that, the whole seasons of animals that they had, and their, like, warehouse and all their grinders. I was like, geez, we're, like, grinding in our tiny little kitchen, and there's, like, got a production going on. I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. <laughs> it's pretty cool to see. Yeah. Um I think it was all the animals of one season or something they did, and it was pretty amazing. But, um, yeah, so this podcast, it's, it's really good. I enjoyed listening. There's a lot of hunting in here. So for those, for those of you out there who are missing the hunting talk, you're going to get a ton of it in this podcast. Well, these are um, my favorite where I just get yeah. to go. Um, obviously, I have not been in a lot of these podcasts as of late. There's so much... Uh, you know, doctor talk going on that, uh, I'm more comfortable. The doctor has to talk. <laughs> Otherwise this podcast ain't happening in the I'm, summer folks. I'm much more comfortable <laughs> just hanging out with other hunters that are, um, you know, just blue collar, hardworking guys that are just fun to sit down and talk hunting stories and hear their, uh, their strategies and, and their kind of their systems. It's pretty cool to be able to do that. And, um, yeah, I really enjoyed hanging out with Zach. It was a lot of fun. Cool. Well, you can find Zach, uh, like Ryan said, on his YouTube channel at Hardworking Hunter. Um, Instagram, he's hard underscore working underscore hunter. You can find him there. And I'm sure he has Facebook too, right? Hardworking Hunter. He does. And um, yeah, go check him out. Check out his films. He has a film this year in... uh, he has a film in yeah, the full draw, uh, full full draw, draw that towards. we saw last awesome. weekend. Yeah, everybody, everybody needs to see that. It's it was really, really, really good. good so. Yeah, <laughs> he was he was funny before it. He says, uh, "Yeah, well, it's a little different. It's kind of a different. Move. It's not going to be the same thing. Nobody's going to be expecting it." And then after we watched it, I saw him, and he said, "What do you think?" And I said, "Yeah, it was definitely different than what I was thinking of." Yeah, it's really yeah. good. Yeah. So, um, okay, well, I guess we'll hand it over to you and Zach. I am sitting down today with um, a buddy of mine, Zach Kenner, hardworking hunter. Uh, I got to meet you this past week. Well, I met you before, but yeah. I really got to kind of hang out with you this past week at the Northwest Mountain Challenge, which uh, which was a blast. We got to shoot together for for a couple days there and, and had a blast. So uh, how are you doing today, Zach? Oh, doing awesome. Um, cool. Doing a little bit better than I was up there. 
Like I thought the mosquitoes were going to haul me off. Oh like. man. Yeah. <laughs> it's bad. Western Washington and uh, this time of year up in the high country is, is just gnarly. At least we yeah. didn't have those horse flies though. Right. Oh, those, yeah. those things weren't and, good. I mean, I, I probably counted at least 15 that actually got me. I mean, I was covered in head, yeah. uh, bug spray head to toe, but now you're a ginger. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, you probably mark up pretty good. Right? Oh yeah. Well, yeah. and, and, I noticed I'm not sunburned though. I did good there. I lathered up in sunscreen. So oh yeah, I survived. Yeah, yeah you got to be careful in those. Oh, that element. I'm the same yeah. way. I I burned to a crisp. But uh. yeah, that was a good time. That was you know, and I haven't done a lot of archery shoots in the past just because uh, work kept me pretty busy through the summer. So this was the first summer I was able to really get out and yeah, those are awesome. Oh, I had man. so much fun. I I same way. I haven't done a whole lot uh, this past year. I got into it just with train to hunts and stuff like that and. I've just fallen in love with uh, getting up there and, and doing these little challenges and hanging out with guys like you and and uh, really get to meet folks at a pretty good, you know, it's a good environment. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And we all get to kind of test Family environment. You know? It I mean, is. I really enjoy seeing the kids up there too. Yep. You know? Yep. Yeah. A lot of families up there. Um, my wife actually showed up uh, Saturday and hung out for a little bit. Um, a lot of bee stings, unfortunately. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Folks got hammered by the uh, yellow jackets up there this year. They, the course was pretty gnarly, and it took us through some, uh, you know, soon-to-be berry fields. And, yeah, there's a lot of folks getting stung. One of the kids uh-huh. that was running with us got stung. But, um, no, we had an absolute blast on that. And, you know, we got we to gotta have the little nightlife and hang out with a bunch of guys and see a few videos and, yeah, just camp there in the parking lot. And yeah test our abilities up on the mountain. Yeah. I mean, what did you think of the, the overall shoot? Oh, you know, um well, like, I don't have a really a lot to compare it to, you know, because sure. the hell, I, only ones I did was Hoodoo, the Northwest Mountain Challenge, the first one of the year, and then that one. Those are the only two I've ever done. So, the Pure Elevation course is what I, that's all I know. And um, the one at Hoodoo was no slouch either because there were, there was still a lot of snow. And so, you had to go up through these big snow fields and, you know, that half slush snow just kicks your butt hiking up the mountain yeah right? yeah so but i mean it's yeah the, dude it was i don't know it's it's fun um the you know the the hoyt course and the phelps course up there you know there was a lot of closer shots i would have liked to see in a couple you know farther but um but no i mean the the pure elevation had a couple long pokes you know 70 70 plus yards and it was it was fun I mean, it was that was legit i thought the pure yeah. elevation was good it you know, it, it started off with just a grinder of a hill climb. You know, I think the first shot was, what, 78 yards mm-hmm. or somebody, uh, something yeah. like that. And then you gotta, you just gotta climb up, uh, climb up under the chairlift and takes you up into Brock Acres, set the course. And, uh, you know, that group, Travis, Van Dam, and those guys, and they set a pretty good course. Yeah. I mean, through Boulder Fields up to the top, <laughs> and then they're shooting back down. You gotta go down and then back up and around. And it's funny, uh, I think that was Sunday, we were on the pure elevation and, um we're all shooting together what do we have a group of five or six no guys sunday oh yeah yeah i guess it was was that sunday was that that was saturday we had the big group yeah saturday yeah. we went through the, uh, the phelps, course. phelps course right and then sunday we we got up and, and bombed up pure elevation and yeah at one point up in the upper boulder field we uh we were kind of climbing up to the next target and 
all of a sudden we heard something <laughs> yeah. and it wasn't a bear bawling, but somebody was hurling, just yeah. puking their guts out. And the group in front of us, uh, yeah. it went on. We just kind of sat down and didn't want to you know, embarrass the guy because dude, he must've puked for 10 minutes. Oh, that was so funny. Oh man. And the thing was, is I was like, I breakfast didn't settle with me when I took off from the bottom and I was oh, that's feeling right. like it. Yeah. I, I th- we were all waiting for you to puke. I had yeah. my camera at oh. the ready. <laughs> ready yeah. I was for like, Zach to, I, I, you know, I took a couple of Tylenol too, and I think that might have been what upset it. But yeah. I pulled out of it by the top. But man, I was not feeling good myself when I left the bottom. No, you were so you were yeah, I was pretty th- bad. Thank God I pulled out of it because I felt like I was a ghost when I when I was down there. But yeah, I knew I was going to get crap for that. Oh, I'm, we glad, were, I'm glad it didn't happen. We were waiting. Yeah, <laughs> we, we wanted the picks actually to be honest. We were a mean like that, but no, it was fun. We yeah, uh, yeah, I got to meet a lot of good people up there. And, yeah, definitely uh, want to go back. I mean, for sure. Actually, I was thinking like it'd be kind of cool to shoot for the triple crown next year. Actually, shoot the competition instead of just shooting it for fun. For just, sure. Yeah. At least that's how I felt. Um, yeah. I felt like I could win it. You know, after. I shot really good though, you, so yeah, I, I didn't shoot as good at Hoodoo, but boy, you up shot there. great. You yeah. were shooting. I don't. Yeah, I, did you lose any arrows? Only when we were shooting at that wolf like, oh. across the canyon. Yeah, that's just, right. Just that's playing right. archery golf. So no but. arrows missed targets until no. we bombed bombs yeah. away. At yeah, the, uh, we were the just wolf playing around. Yeah, yeah, but. Uh, no, yeah, that was that was good. I, there was a lot of broken arrows up there because they had us. Like I said, they had us pinned down on those boulder fields, and you know, if you do miss a shot, it you know, a lot of those shots were shoot probably fifty five to seventy yards or so at all angles. You know, at so. all angles, ups, downs, and yeah. into shoots and into rocks. And so, if you were gonna miss, most likely you weren't getting that arrow back. But <laughs> you know, good yeah. times for sure. So, uh, for those that have not seen your stuff. Or gotcha. heard of you? Kind of give a little overview of who who you are. Yeah. Um, so I, I've. Oh, we'll just start from the beginning, I guess. You know, I mean, just who I am. I, I, uh, grown up here in Eastern Washington, and I've hunted my whole life. I've, you know, I was one of those guys that my dad hunted a lot, and so I've kind of just grown up in it. And and it's even worse the fact that my dad has a little or still has a little taxidermy shop on the side so i'm just literally surrounded by animals all the time well we're surrounded right now yeah we're sitting yeah. in a shop right now at your place here and uh yeah there's some yeah, great animals all around us yeah comforting. so i've brainwashed is to say the least you know yeah. and um you know i've been running a camera i've always loved filming and and uh since all you know before high school and you know, now I decided I'd come up with a name, brand myself, and and coming up with a name was hard, but I uh, I ended up coming up with Hardworking Hunter, and, you know, because I'll be honest, it's hard to even pick it, find a name that no one else has, you know, so, right. but I came up with that because it, you know, it has double meaning where, you know, I, I work hard all summer just so I can go hunt in the fall, you know, but then on top of that, I work hard while I'm hunting, you know, I mean, taking these big backcountry hunts and going the extra mile and yeah, it, it's, it's fitting, man. It's a yeah. great name. I I like it a lot. It, it really does fit who you are and, yeah. and what you do. Yeah. So that I came up with that and now I've got a YouTube channel, you know, it's just hardworking hunter. And I figured that was kind of the best place to oh, share my films, you know, and, 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 
not have to buy film permits because I just give it all away for free. So for sure, yeah, that makes it makes it hard that we're still under that law. But yeah, yeah, for sure. It, I I don't know a whole lot about the film permits. I've yeah. heard the hassles that yeah, you guys go through the hoops and all that. But. So, but you know, since I don't I don't charge for them, not making any money on them, I can pretty much sure. film whatever I want and sure. share it. So, and yeah. I enjoy you know I enjoy sharing it, but at the same time. I enjoy watching them myself. I mean, that's uh, I'll be uh, on YouTube just checking for comments or whatever, and and I end up sitting down and two hours later I get done watching all my own films. You know? Yeah, and so I I really do enjoy watching my own stuff, reliving those hunts and and the 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 ups and downs to those hunts. Well, you and know? I think as you as the the maker of the film, you're probably you know, I don't know if you're critiquing at that point after you've done the, the final edit and all that, but uh, you got to have a little creativity. And yeah. I'm sure you're picking out things even after it's final cut, right? Yeah. And uh, seeing things that you could tweak and change. And um, I, yeah. I I think the first film I saw that you did, uh, it was the Wyoming hunt that yeah. you did, Mule Deer Hunt. Yeah. Man, it was really good. Um, I think that was last year I watched that. But uh, yeah, all your stuff is just, it, it's unique. It's... Uh, very creative i love it yeah thank but, you uh, yeah good stuff and i know that's how a lot of guys have, have kind of found you is through yeah. your through your videos and, and um showing some of the backcountry hunts that you do and you're right i mean the hunts that you're doing um a lot of us washington guys we we like to get after it right <laughs> we have to yeah if you're going to be successful here in this state you, you have to be willing to get off the roads and you have to be able to get away from it and um at least that's kind of what what well, and we both hunt Idaho too, and that's the same way. I mean, yeah, it, and and at least you know, there's quite a few areas in Washington, but even more in Idaho, where you know you can hike until you drop, and you're still not gonna sure, you know, or you're there's just that much country that you can go hike and not hit a road, you know. So right, right. So it's, it makes it fun. Yeah, I think growing up, it's funny. My uncle, um, back when I was, you know, I wasn't even driving yet, and he used to tell me about these trips. He'd go to Idaho and. He'd go back in to these, uh, you know, way back into the backcountry back then. He used to get outfitted in and then figured out an area and then he'd go in himself. He was one of those yeah. guys. <laughs> so, uh, but he used to always tell me, I, I remember this sticking in, in my head even when I was little, is, uh, you know, man, he'd say those Idaho, now no offense, Idaho guys, but he said, those Idaho guys, they just don't know how good they got it. You know, they, they shoot their stuff from the road and, and um, you know, they're, we're so used to not being able to do that here in yeah. Washington. There's not much, um, you know, close to a road. And, and so, uh, he, he felt like he, he was just in heaven when he got over there. Cause he get over there and, you know, you get off the road a little bit and it's just like magical, you know, yeah. so many more bucks and so many more bulls. Were. Yeah. And then to be honest, they still shoot him off the road over there. They like, do. <laughs> yep. Yep. For sure. There's so many animals. Yeah. But so, uh, when you got your start, um, like where 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 did you start? You grew up here, Moses yeah, Lake area. Yeah. Um, what were you hunting in the beginning? Besides, you know, small game. I think we all started with oh, the yeah. squirrels and the birds. And yeah, I still actually have a picture of the first sparrow I shot with my BB gun. Oh like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I mean, and that that was the first kill, you know. But yeah. um, oh man, I you know, but it, I'll be honest, it even goes before then. Like when I was a little kid, uh, I would 
do bugs. I mean, like I had a I had a big bug collection and whatnot, and actually entered it into a bunch of fairs and got some big awards for it. And and that's just, I mean, yeah, just outdoors and wildlife. It's just who I've always been. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, you'd think I'd get like a biology degree or something and yeah. and go into it full full bore, but I I didn't. You know, it was just too much agriculture around here, and that's where the money's at. So that's kind of what I went into. But, right. But no, I mean, yeah uh dad got me started well on, on mule deer i guess actually no my first deer i ever shot was a white-tailed doe um, no kidding over yeah. here yeah, yeah yeah um down on some of the river breaks you know so there's a handful of both species and mm-hmm. and that was the first one yeah for first year i shot and then the next year the funny story like it, it progressed because the next year same story we were hunting some river breaks and end up um shooting across the canyon at this buck i mean it's just a legal buck you know three point and all of a sudden he just drops you know well my, my dad shot and he drops and we were both shooting at it you know just it was running you know and they're just throwing bombs at it and finally it drops and we we so we hike around the basin or it's not even a basin but canyon i guess and uh get over there and where it was it was gone nowhere to be found it's like what in the world i mean it just you know feet out from underneath it dropped like like sack of potatoes, you know. What I mean, right. like you figure it's dead, and uh, cannot find it, gone. And we walk around, so we're like, well, let's just keep hunting, you know. And we walk around the next ridge, and here's this one horned buck standing there. <laughs> oh no! My, my dad yeah. had shot it in the horn, and it, and it and it knocked it senseless and right. dropped it. And luckily, because it was only a two by three, and you know they have to be three points to be legal. But luckily, he shot the two point side off, and you know, I mean, I was young, I was. Well, uh, if I shot my first one when I was eight, I was nine. And, um, and so here's this buck, you know, and, and you gotta, you gotta respect it. Cause when you, you know, if you've ever taken a little kid out, how hard it is and everything has to be perfect. Gotta have a good rest. And, and so luckily here's this, here's this knock senseless buck standing there broadside looking at us, like doesn't know what to do. Right. So we got all the time in the world to get set up and I made a shot on him, you know, and, and that was my first buck. So it's like, I got a doe. I got a one horn buck, and then it was the next year that I finally got one with two horns. <laughs> oh, nice. That is the perfect escalation <laughs> yeah. to start hunting. Yeah. <laughs> That's how it's supposed to go, right? <laughs> and then, you know, I'll, I'll be honest, I shot deer first. Um, it wasn't, it was later that I finally was able to like get a coyote and whatnot because they're just so wily. But yeah, in this country that you're in here around Moses, it's uh, open. It is coyote central yeah Yeah, there's so many and a lot of guys come over here to chase them Mm -hmm. a lot of birds too that yeah yeah big bird hunting guy and and yeah it was when i was younger uh not so much anymore but um you know getting up into high school and finally being able to have buddies that could drive and then i could drive you know so then we could get out and we burn hunting i mean i i had a dog i got my first lab when i was right before high school you know, so it just it just snowballed into having a good hunting dog, and then having a buddy that wanted to go all the time, and that's all we did would just drive around and shoot ducks. Yeah. I mean, I've shot so many ducks. It's and 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 then it got to the point where <laughs> we would we would hunt them, you know, like because they banned them, and you know that's like the rare thing to shoot a banded duck, and so we'd get to the point where we would hunt these cornfields out here and decoy the ducks in and 
try to pick out bands and sure. so, instead of just shoot ducks to shoot ducks glassing for bands we or, or the well you get them with the sun at your back in the evening and they come in cupped up and they're landing in you or in the decoys right on you, you those bands actually glare, glare. yeah and so is is yeah, we we're more or less. Uh, you don't want to say trophy hunting for birds, but <laughs> <laughs> being selective. Sure, being you selective. Know? So yeah, I would, I've shot. Like I said, I don't know how many ducks, and and that was that was great. You know, I mean, because I, I could go all the time. It's mm-hmm. not like a deer where you only can shoot one. Right. You know, and and oh, I fell in love with it, and basically it kind of coexisted, or, or I don't know the, the timeline where my dog got old and couldn't go anymore to where I was kind of getting more into the backcountry deer mm-hmm. hunts. And so I'd, I'd kind of just got out of it now, but yeah, yeah real similar I to my story. Spoiled really. Cause I grew up and yeah, bird central. This you know? is bird central. Yeah. yeah. Ducks, geese, you got a lot of ag fields and, um, you know, we've got a lot of wily roosters out here. So you got corn fields oh. and tulies. And so, you know, funny on spotting the stalking, right. You know I mean? That's how I love to mule deer hunt now with my bow. Uh, I learned probably some of the first tactics of spot and stalk, duck hunting. And that sounds odd because most people think of decoying them, you know. But we would drive around and hunt ducks with binoculars, picking out all these little water holes and seeing like, oh, there's only four ducks, you know, four mallards out there right now. We're not going to walk that far for just four mallards. Like there would have to at least be six so we could triple up each, you know, me and my buddy could each shoot three. Sure. And so like we were, and then we'd, uh, we'd end up like, so, okay, this one's got, you know, 10 ducks. Oh, this, this is, this is going to be a good shoot. You know? So we'd, we'd, uh, figure out how to sneak through these coolies and, and sneak up on these ponds and jump shoot these ducks. And like, I mean, it, spot and stock to the, to the finest and we have a close range weapon, you know I mean? You've got to get close. So, and ducks are, are smart when they're on the water like that. Like they pick, they pick out movement very well definitely and so you know you gotta i'm not kidding there's times we were belly crawling through you know swamps to try to get close to these ducks yeah like cut corn and stuff uh, like that. oh geez yeah so i mean like that's where i learned kind of some of the first spot or i guess i learned more how to read country Mm -hmm. you know yeah yeah, i can see that you know learning the little wrinkles in the topography yeah and how to get in on things yeah for sure so (laughs) and this is funny how you know like i look at it now you know and and, you know, I see a buck bedded on the other side of a basin and I'm just picking my route, you know, okay, I can get to that tree and come around that cliff. And, and it's that, funny how that all started yeah, hunting ducks. It's funny how uh, spot and stock guys think, I, I, I believe, because I find myself doing that. I don't care what it is. I see a yeah. horse in a pasture. I'm thinking about how, <laughs> I can, how I can get an arrow. Is he at the right angle and all this? And it's probably pretty sick in the head for me to think like that. But, you know, it's a horse. It's the size of an elk. I'm always yeah. thinking. But, um, yeah. Yeah, it's funny the progression and, you know, starting with ducks and I was the same way. I, I, my dad, you know, he'd take me out and we'd do a lot of upland bird. You know, we weren't so much oh, into yeah. ducks. We had Britneys to start with and um, then German short hairs and Weimaraners and always had upland bird dogs. You know, we'd get out in these breaks and hunt chucker and quail and pheasant and this and that. And it was always, it was just always hiking and putting miles on. Yeah. And, um, endurance was always a big thing, you know. I don't know why I just never really was lured in by the ducks and the geese where a lot of my buddies, that's, that was their thing. You know, I kind of grew up in a cow town and, uh, you know, there's a lot of that going on, but I wanted to make the drive two hours east of the mountains to go chase <laughs> chucker and quail and, and just get in the sagebrush and, and have that experience over sitting in a blind. So yeah, 
Yeah, you probably did it the right way, spotting, stalking ducks. Oh, yeah. Well, it, You're going to hunt ducks. Well, and because I hunted them with binoculars, I was able to take some really cool ducks in my day. You know, I mean, I've I've shot a, a brewer's duck, which is a uh, mallard um, a mallard gadwall cross hmm. hybrid. Okay. Um, I've shot a pinellard, you know, a pintail mallard cross. And the one I've shot was probably only like an eighth pintail, uh, but I've... I've missed a full 50-50, which is kind of one of the prized ducks of the waterfowl world. And and my gun jammed on me. And, I, I mean, I, I dumped the first mallard drake and the coat of the second one. And I go, I mean, my eyes just had to have been the size of 50-cent pieces. Like, oh, my gosh, I know exactly what that is. And, mm. and my gun jammed because it was so dirty. And just from me being, you know, a high school kid and neglecting, you know, just like, like that'll never happen to, in today's world. Like, should they clean that gun all the time? But yeah, yeah. yeah and and then, oh man, just a handful of stuff. I mean, I've, and then I've, I've even gone to the coast and shot, um, like the harlequin. And, oh yeah, and, yep. uh, The long-tailed duck and right. the scoters. I mean, I've only made a two two trips over there, but. I was just so, I mean, that was the next step. Like, yeah. I was so into the waterfowl that I wanted to hunt all the species. So. Right. That's funny. My dad has actually gotten into doing that out on the boat, you mm-hmm. know, out yeah. on the islands and out off the coast there is, uh, yeah, especially the harlequins and going for those unique sea yeah. ducks. Yep. Yep. Um, and so. that's how I got over here. I was hunting the unique ones. I mean, we, right. we don't have a lot of wood ducks around here. And so, I mean, it was rare to get one of those and, sure. and I'd see one and it was like, oh, the hunt's on, you know what I mean? Yeah. Trying to get in. And some, a lot of times I'd find them on bigger chunks of water. And so you're, you're limited to only one side of, you know, to sneak in on them onwards. And when they're on a little pond, you've got all the different angles and, and shoot, it got to the point where on those little ponds, we'd want to come in downwind because when they get up into the wind, they're slower. Right. You know? And so trying right. to, trying to figure out how do we get in on that side and, yeah. oh yeah, I mean, like I said, just. That that Taking is duck hunting down to a science. That is where I learned topography and how to read the land. Right. And, yeah, yeah, for sure. So when was it that uh, that you really kind of got into the bigger game stuff? I know you were you're well, still like, killing deer. Yeah, early, I was gonna but... say, like I said, I was always deer hunting, but um, I was spoiled, and we had some private property to go out and hunt on, and so sure. I, me and my sister were taking our deer every year. I mean, you know, just just legal bucks. I mean, nothing trophy quality, if you want sure. to say, but. Um, just, so just, out of state was that something that came? Now how old are you right now? I'm um, 28. 28. Yeah. No, oh, you're such a young guy. <laughs> Jeez, I'm so old. Uh, yeah, yeah. Out of state. Um, same thing though. Like I know. I remember when I was 12, I went over with my dad to Montana. Um, you know, he had Montana a lot, and archery hunted some elk over there. And and I I didn't have a tag for that, but I just went with him. You know, and so just going on those adventure hunts was part of me since i was 12 right you know and then i i did pull a deer tag over there one year um and and went over to the breaks and shot a muley buck over there and yeah i mean so and i think it might have been that year i think i just had a deer tag and so i went over with him in september to elk hunt the elk and then we went back over in november and hunted the deer and so like you know here i am at 12 years old and i'm already killing multiple deer a year right and like i said though it's just spoiled to have the the opportunity that we did here in Washington, um, basically, you know, into high school, you know, through mid, mid through high school is when 
you know, we kind of, well, their kids got old enough to start hunting. And so that's what happened. And so it's like, you understand that we don't want, they don't want us to kill all the deer. So, sure, you know, and so they kind of, you know, let their kids take over and we, and then that's basically when I kind of started really branching out, you know, mm. basically what happens is you get your driver's license, you know, so you're able to cover some country and explore. Right. So I know the first trip I took, uh, yeah, I got my driver's license at 16. I think, uh, what was the movie? A river runs through it. Yeah. It just come out. We watched it. We we're big <laughs> fishermen back then. Yeah. So me and my cousin, Joe, we, uh, hopped in my rig and drove to Montana. So that was the thing to do. Go hit some, hit some rivers in Montana and, uh, do a bunch of fishing over there. But, uh, well, in Montana is the first kind of solo trip. I mean, me and my buddy, we were in high school and that's the first state we went to for our own out of state hunt. And we shot antelope with our bows, right? You know, so that was, that was, that was a cool first time, but you know, I'd been over there and more than once. And so I kind of, you know, I, I was comfortable going there, I guess you could say, mm-hmm. you know, so, but, and then it's, it's still Eastern Montana still has a place in my heart, honestly, you know, just. Oh, absolutely. I, I think more so now than ever. I, I've been hunting Eastern, um, for a lot of years and the more I learn it, I mean, it's just, it's just a cool place. It's just, you it's know, the so weather. Big. It's huge. It's I'm, so big. You just can't see enough of it. No. You know, you, every year you, you, you know, you might go back to the same similar haunts and check them out, you know, but you're always learning new country. You're always expanding your knowledge and areas. And yeah, yeah I love just getting over there. I, you know, like I said, you got those places, but you're just, it's just too big. It's just too well, big to see it all. I tell you what, though, since Onyx Maps has come out, like, it's amazing how much country you drove by in the years before, you know. And we like, were talking about this before. When Onyx came out and you could have that chip yeah. and drive around yeah. with your GPS on and just be like, oh, well, you know, there's no sign that says I can go out there, but yeah. obviously I can. That was a game changer. It was like, it was heaven. It, well, but I... It's, you know, we were talking about it for Washington, but especially yeah. in Montana, like how many of those whitetail bucks that you could have actually shot that were... You, you know, assumed was private. Yeah. And it wasn't. Uh-huh. And it might have been marked as private. Even, even the, there was even herds of elk you drive by and you, you know, I mean, they're a couple miles up off the road up in the mountains, you know, but you see them and, sure. and it's like, all of a sudden you're like, well, half of that mountain's public, right? you know, and it's like... I mean, didn't even have an elk tag at the time, but it's just the idea. It's like, oh, well, this might be a good spot to come back and check out. But oh, yeah, were, that was, that those was Those were the huge. golden years when that first came out, those first few years where yeah. just nobody had it. You yeah. just felt like you were invincible. <laughs> <laughs> you had such an edge over everybody over there. But even, even now you drive, like, but that's kind of where I was getting at is even now you drive over there with that. And it's like, dude, that's finding all these new spots. Mm-hmm. Like, it's crazy. crazy yeah and what i think um has helped me the most is there's so many of those little sliver pieces Mm -hmm. you know the little yellow sliver pieces that get you to a bigger area yeah um gosh it's just it's opened so much up and um now you know there's so much private landlocked stuff uh hitting a little spot trying to snuggle your way off the road (laughs) and and hitting that little yellow sliver and hiking in Man, that just puts you in some really, really good areas, and and uh, every year we're finding new little, new little places, and yeah, it's a, it's a ton of fun. It's another, it's a whole another challenge. But Eastern Montana, I just don't, I don't think I can skip a year. Yeah, <laughs> there's so many yeah, other I mean, hunts, but I just it can't was skip definitely a, year. a good place to, you know, kind of break my teeth or whatever sure. you want to call it. Uh, sure, you know. So when you uh, there, now you've I would 
I want to ask, what is what would be your ideal state to hunt? Oh, for what? You've hunted a few <laughs> mule deer. Oh, see, now the, I feel like my um, my preference is skewed because I I have not hunted Colorado yet. Okay, yeah, you and me both. You know, yeah. so it's like uh, I'm kind of. I mean, I've had an up epic last couple of years in Wyoming, but. With the winter kill now, like, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, and and then, I don't know. Have it's, you done much in Idaho? I have, yeah. yeah. Um, I've actually killed some of my bigger deer in Idaho, but, you know, early, early archery stuff. But it's same thing. That spot that I killed those bucks has kind of gone downhill too, and they opened up a, a late rifle tag in there, mm. and... Uh, it hasn't been the same sense. Right. And, um, but it's, it still has a lot of opportunity. I mean, there's just so much country and, and I'll, yeah, just so much country and a lot of it's public, you know mm-hmm. I mean? It's just, you can't cover it all. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and there's multiple styles too. You know I mean? There's deer up North in the thick timber and there's deer down South in the flats, you know I mean? So anything in between, like, it has it all. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have a lot of the high basin stuff that you see in Wyoming, Colorado, you know, but, sure. but there's some of it for sure. So, yeah. I mean, for the, yeah. So like to answer your question, it's, that's a hard one. Cause I, as of the last two years, it's definitely Wyoming. Yeah, I was going to say some of the films I've seen yeah. that you've made, yeah. it looks pretty sweet. Wyoming was pretty sweet, but I don't know how, I'm really curious to see the reports on this year. Right. So, yeah, yeah. but that's, you know, I've kind of learned though, even though you call me a young buck, <laughs> I, you know, for the, for, young, dude. for the little bit that I've, I've covered a lot of country, I've learned that the hunting spots aren't good forever. It's just, sure. especially now with social media and whatnot, getting out, like you got to keep moving, yep. you know I mean? You got to hunt an area for a couple of years, two, three years and I mean, you could basically hunt it out, you know, you kind of feel it starting to go downhill and then move on. But at the same time, like I want to, that's why I really love hunting multiple states and multiple spots. Cause it's like, okay, this spot's not as good this year. Well, maybe I'm going to spend more, more time in, you know, well, like say if a, a spot in Idaho went, is kind of going sour or you could really either pick a new spot in Idaho or, you know, like go to Montana and try, try that out. And then you know maybe hit maybe spend more time in montana next year if you found something different i mean yeah it goes in cycles you know like you know we this year like you mentioned um the winter that we just had yeah yeah. you know i'm definitely uh there's some spots that i had planned on going into this year i'm not gonna go this year um i i definitely put more of an emphasis on getting some desert high desert style hunts and so we will be uh you know eastern montana that had no effect this year yeah Uh, nevada eastern oregon there's places to go that i'm going to give my uh my home bucks a little break because some i know some of the basins up there they took a pounding and yeah hopefully they pull through and and it's not as bad as we think but uh yeah it's nice to have that option you know these days and and idaho's so diverse like you said the the north woods versus all the way down south and um you know i you kind of throw that out like Idaho is a good fallback type thing, but I don't know if that's the right word, fallback state, but yeah. you can just go buy a tag, right? Yeah. If, if things aren't working and um, you don't get your draws, you can pretty much just go purchase a tag and, and head in and, and get yeah. a good uh, mule deer hunt. So same with elk. I mean, shoot, you can buy two elk tags in Idaho. It's yeah. hard to beat. 
But yeah, I think if I had to answer that question, I think I would still, just because I have not, like you, I've not hunted Colorado. Yeah. Um, as much as I wanted to do it this year, that winter thing scared me. Um, Washington is still probably it for me. You definitely got some honey as, holes. As much as I, you know, so I don't, as much I, as I really love those I envy your, states, I envy your honey holes, <laughs> but it, it'd be so hard. And it's just that it's just knowing, you yeah. know, it's, it's, it's learning areas and you've, you've known them for so long. And, but then again, even, even the spots here in Washington, they change, you know, they, they don't last well, forever and you're continuing and to move and you and can find correct me if i'm wrong well. but i feel like washington's kind of one of the last states to um be attractive to the backcountry hunter and yeah. i and i think it's picking on or catching on and so i i bet you know and then i'm sure you've already seen more we should stop talking about it shouldn't <laughs> we? I, bet, I bet you've already seen more people and i bet you continue to see more people yeah it's just yeah it's it's tough to you know i I struggle with that. You know, I want, I want the young kids around here to, you know, obviously get out and see what mm-hmm. we get to see and, and enjoy on the, we got a lot of public land here in Washington, but uh, then again, yeah, we've had it good for so long. It's, it's hard not to be selfish in a way and just <laughs> not talk about it and, yeah. and continue to enjoy all the, all the big bucks we got running around. But yeah, we definitely were not on the map. I know a lot of, a lot of the, uh, you know, uh, places where you, you look at states or the, you know, all the Western states and look at stats and all that. Washington just isn't even a blip. Mm-mm. So it doesn't hurt my feelings. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so, um, that's I, I think I'd have to answer it that way. Just, just because I have hunted here so long and, you know, may not get the Colorado size bucks or the Idaho size bucks, but you know, we do get some nice, heavy, dark horned bucks, oh, yeah. and I just, yeah. man, that's that's it for me. <laughs> Doesn't have to be thirty inches. It yeah, has to be twenty three, twenty four, and and heavy and dark, and right. that's, that's the best. So, yeah. You know, but uh, so, what uh, what do you have planned for this year, as far as your seasons and and what you're going to be doing? I know um, your plans have kind of changed a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So I uh, I end up taking a cameraman job this season. So I won't get as many hunts for hardworking hunters in the past, but I still have a couple planned. I mean, I'm I'm probably still going to have time for late November, so going to get a late either archery or rifle. There's a few over the counter tags I'm looking at. I'm going to get an early season bear hunt in that I'm real excited about, uh, just because I'll get to actually spend some time up there. I haven't I haven't devoted a lot of time to a bear hunt before, and and I think that's going to happen this year. So I'm pretty excited for that. In fact, I was out shooting my rifle this morning, you know, yeah. just just getting getting ready. Um, you know, and then wherever wherever I can find time off behind the camera, I'll I'll definitely find find a tag available. You know, I mean, there's there's plenty of hunts available. Um, and then uh, definitely hitting up Arizona again in January. That's that's to me a no brainer. Like you got to do that every year. So what's that hunt? that's it's over the counter archery in the rut i mean for mule deer or coos deer hmm. and i mean you gotta you know read the regs figure out what's open but pretty much coos is open everywhere um and then the mule deer gets more specific but it's it's you know 60 degrees down there when it was negative 10 up here this year you right. know i mean it's awesome weather you're hunting deer in the rut and you know you, you hear a lot of talk with the coos deer about how hard they are to spot and and you see it on hunts that are filmed in october and november you know these rifle hunts 
and they're hard to spot they're hard to find the bucks are all bedded up in brush that's four times as big as they are um but man when that january hunt they're in the rut i mean they're, they're stupid they're they're pushing they're up moving most of the day kind of depends on the weather but you know if it's super hot they obviously bed up midday but even at that on those super hot days you'll see them up pushing does on those north facing slopes you know into 10 11 o'clock into noon you know just kind of depends on how hot she is but just target rich environment so many animals and just out there in dry desert country where you would not expect to see that it's really cool really that's fun good. yeah that's been a hunt i've wanted to do i heard um you know i've heard so many guys talk about yeah. that late it really extends your season yeah if, exactly i don't know if my wife wants to hear about another extension <laughs> of the season but um, no, yeah you already. hear you hear her talk about just keep getting earlier and earlier well now you're just making it a little later it's all right see so, yeah it's funny because yeah now we're uh you know august 3rd is the first one this year and that's gotten so far ahead of where it used to be september uh, one yeah and now if i start pushing into january well, well, I don't know well we were we were both talking about going to hawaii that's too. true yes you know, true. So, we'll push it into march yeah yeah <laughs> yeah talking about those uh, those axis deer over yeah there. and pigs <laughs> and all pigs. all of it yeah yeah that's, that's on my radar too i really want to go do that oh yeah that is uh Just, that is right there and you know that is a hunt where it's far more sellable because my wife would probably want to join us. <laughs> right. She'd be down on the beach with the kids and, and yeah. uh, having that, getting sun, and, and uh, we'd be up on the mountains. So that's that's definitely something that I could easily sweet talk her into that hunt. Uh, but for me, it's just to extend the season. And, yeah. and especially now when I'm going to be working a lot during the season, I think yeah, that, you're going to have to be. That'll uh, be something to look into. Yeah. 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 yeah that coos thing um, it's excited me. It, it looks oh, it's like a so blast. Much fun. And, and for a spot and stock hunter like, like us mm -hmm. it's perfect doesn't get any more of a challenge no, i don't think you literally hunt those deer like a mule deer right like you would hunt a mule deer here i should say um and, and but yet they are still a white tail they're very finicky um you know i spotted a bobcat last year and because like I, I spotted these this buck pushing a doe and all of a sudden they just jerk up and are looking to the right and i'm like what in the heck and i had you know i got my binoculars tripoded up and i kind of scan over and I catch movement and focus, and I'm like, oh, dude, there's a bobcat right there. And it's probably 100 yards, maybe 150 yards to their right. And uh, my buddy's like, where, where? You know, and he wanted to see the bobcat. Well, when he threw the binoculars up, he landed on the deer. And he's like, oh, your deer are no longer there. Like, like because they they their tails were flagging, and they were running up the canyon uh, from a bobcat. I mean, I understand, like, a big bobcat is half the size of one of right, those twos. But, tiny. yeah, like, they're just, they're scared of everything. So, they the wind the wind when the wind blows hard they they're so unpredictable uh you, you a good big gust of wind comes up and they run 150 yards for no reason hmm. you know they just they're scared of everything right they're super skittish yeah hmm. but at the same time you know it's it's fairly easy country to read you know like i was talking about earlier just reading the country you can sneak in on them and and it, especially if you can get them bedded which a lot of times they bed in you know those north facing thick timber stuff and okay and it just kind of depends on where you are though too i mean we're we're hunting some foothill stuff where there is more timber um but you know you there's other areas where it's just brush it's not even real trees right and that stuff's a lot harder to sneak in on them on because it's it's so thick the bobcat thing 
There must be a lot of bobcats down there. Oh yeah, I've, I've uh, we've seen them every year. In uh, fact, I think this year we saw three in broad daylight. No kidding. Yeah, because yeah. I've seen a lot of videos of the that same thing, like you were talking about, is guys watching a deer and, and all of a sudden there's a bobcat in the screen and the yeah. deer gone. Yeah, yeah, seems to be a theme with that. But. Well, they they probably eat those deer. I mean, to be honest. Like, yeah. Huh. Yeah, it looks like a blast. I don't I don't know that there there's probably a, a bigger challenge, especially these guys chasing them with bows that time of year. That's uh yeah, that's it's tough. a fun hunt. I mean yeah. multiple stalks a day. Right. I mean it's I mean you gotta it just depends on guess what your standards are. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean I'm I'm looking at basically if it's a three point with eye guards, I'm after it. They're and and it. and there's even some big two point with eye guards that like yeah, like that's a mature buck. I'm gonna I'm gonna go after it, you know. Now, how have you done down there on the mule deer? Have you? I, ha- I really haven't hunted them. Haven't done it. No, I mean we we. Uh, I had to run my deer into town last year, and so on our way out, we weren't going to make it back to the mountains by daylight. So we just kind of picked a same thing. We took out the GPS, and it's like, oh, there's public ground, right. and pulled over and just started glassing. And we actually glassed up like a 160 buck, and just didn't have enough time to get to him. Hmm. Um, my buddy would have shot him. He's like, yeah, that's big enough for me. I mean, and to be honest, like you hear the desert muleys, like they claim a 160 bucks, a nice one. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, and, <laughs> and, uh, I, I was like, I spotted a doe and it's like, oh, man, there's a deer and I'm watching. And all of a sudden I just see the, their backs. Um, they were kind of in a ditch and I just see quick movement and I'm like, there had to have been a buck pushing a doe right there. There had to have been, but, and it was only 300 yards out there and we had enough light that had we took off then. We would have got there. So, but it's like, I didn't actually see horns. So we're like, we just sat there and kept glassing. And then 15 minutes before dark, he pops out and it's like, holy smokes. You know what I mean? Like, look, 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 look. And there was just not enough time, but yeah. it was, it was really cool to see him. I mean, yeah. they were out there feeding with some cows and stuff. Like, <laughs> How's the public land down there? Is it pretty easy to find? Are you really searching to, to get well, away the, from the private? Most or? of the mountains are national forests. So, yeah. you know, where the coos deer are, well, there's coos deer actually everywhere. They live in the flats. They live in the mountains. They're, they're everywhere. But when, where we hunt them up, you know, in kind of the foothill mountain areas, it's mostly, mostly public. So gotcha. I, uh, I mean, and there, I, there's plenty of public ground, honestly, like to answer that question generally, there's plenty of public ground for either mule deer or uh the coos deer so gotcha gotcha yeah yeah i'm sitting here in your shop and it's hard not to just look around (laughs) and stare at all these animals you uh you do your own work um yeah i'm not on my own animals i mean my my dad runs a taxidermy shop here and yeah so i mean a lot of these like these elk you see on the wall are all customers that he's done but um but yeah i mean growing up in the taxidermy shop i've i've definitely learned it yeah so i I'd mount all my own stuff. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Some pretty unique creations you've got in here yeah. um, with the old, you know, packs. and, and uh, Yeah. I can't take complete credit for that idea. Sure. Um, sure. I actually, the first time I saw it was at the, the sportsman show in Salt Lake, um, like three years ago. Yep. Uh, a guy had a sheep on one kind of mounted in some rocks and I was like, dude, that's pretty cool. And so I wanted to do one for a mule deer and, uh, oh no, that's actually not the first place I saw it. I saw it online. A guy had a mountain goat in one. And then I, but it was that same year I saw that one with the sheep. And so then I was like, I got to put a mule deer in one of those. And shoot, since then, I think I've mounted like four or five of them. Well, I've noticed you, uh, 
you've been collecting them. So yeah. you must have uh, plans for killing some critters to yeah. uh, stick on those pack boards. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> definitely the plan. I mean, I've got a small one too. I, I didn't realize that, but there's three different sizes of those pack frames. And there's a, on, when I buy them online, you can't tell in the picture how big they are. So all of a sudden this box shows up and I open it up. And I'm like, oh, cool, another pack, you know, and I go to put it in my pile. And I realize it's like half the size of the other ones. It's a little too small for yeah. a big old mule deer head. Yeah, so I might put a coos on that or a Sitka deer one there day or something. Yeah, that'd look good, but for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely it's definitely brainwashed me growing up in this taxidermy shop. So it's yeah. always having my hands on antlers and and. Well, yeah, you're living it, man. Um, I know I showed up here and you were building. Looked like you were building some arrows or yeah. getting ready to, and uh, yeah, you know, already been out shooting and um, got your rifle all set up. Well, I mean. You're definitely catching me. So, like, all summer I've been working my tail off. And, um, you know, I mean, I'm pretty much a week out from when it's go time for me. Yep. And so, like, I'm – it's it's like prep time. It has to be done. Everything's it's, pulled out It's of not the like I do this every day. I no. just lie around and build arrows. And, <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, it looks like it. Your no. room is full of gear. Yeah. It, it's ready to go. So. I've been, been getting it organized. So, yeah, it's getting sure. it's getting close. Yeah. I'm getting excited. Yeah, same here. It's it's coming fast. Too fast now. You get to this last part and you always expect you'd be ready. You know, you've had so much time to think about it and and now I'm uh I'm under a week and my first hunt comes up and mm-hmm. I feel like I'm not ready at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, at least seeing you out shooting last weekend, you're uh, you're, you're dialed in with the bow, so well, that's that's and, half the battle. And that was my backup bow. I, uh, I did not have my main bow on that. Had a little issue right before that, but um yeah, I still got some work to do and um, but going in confident, that's, that's the best part of these challenges. And, um, yeah. you know, all summer is just going in where you feel like you're, uh, you're in great shape and, and you're shooting pretty good and, and all that. That's half the battle is that yeah. confidence. So now what are you doing for, uh, for prep work? I'd be curious to see what you do on a typical season. Um, what's kind of your, what's kind of your strategy going in? What do you do ahead of time to get well, ready for hunt? Like physically or yep. gear wise or physically. Oh, physically. So I've got, yeah, live, you, you can see for miles out here, it's flat. Mm-hmm. And we have just one little hill over here um, behind the house, a couple miles. It's pretty sandy. And, I mean, it's not very big. It's 150, 150 yards tall. I mean, it's, and I mean, a pretty good angle, though, but it's sandy mm-hmm. as well. So your footing slips, I mean, it's it, it really is a good workout. And, and I've been doing it for years um i put a bag of salt in it um because we dad uses bags of salt here for the hides so that was just kind of naturally like oh this is heavy let's throw sure. that in but it actually works out really good it's good dense weight and straps in good and and uh, no different in a sandbag you yeah, know exactly and uh so yeah i've been that's kind of what i do to really get my legs um in shape and you know and then you know this year i this last month and a half, I've been running a lot too. You know, I'm, I, I'm not one of those guys that works out year round. Uh, it just kind of ramp it up a little before uh, the season. I ramp it up a lot before the season, yeah. but I, I mean, I do somewhat start in the spring, you know, cause you got spring bear and I, sometimes I'll make it out then. And, and I try to have oh, a, a hike. It seems like once a month, if I can, you know, like a legit go to the mountains and climb. Um, oh, we got but, some exercise in the mountain challenge. Oh yeah, no, so, that was. Uh, I mean, uh, you were in shape for that. I could tell you. Yeah, that was some elevation. I, you know, I, I, I really, honestly, looking at that mountain, 
I, I'm actually in really good shape right now and compared to some past years. And so I've felt like putting some weight in my pack for that just because, you know, I've got a lot of hunts coming up and, you know, behind the camera and I just want to be in shape. Yeah. And so, I, but I'm really glad I didn't when we got done with it because it was a lot <laughs> steeper than it looked, but <laughs> still, was, it was still a good climb. Yeah. Um, you know, I got done the next day. I felt like I could do it again. And that, and that's what's important, you know, so yeah, I think pure elevation alone was, what was it? How many miles? Is that four miles altogether? Up yeah, four, over, over four. Over and down. Yeah. And then, you know, then we were running around afterwards picking up. That's right. The, we or the, the targets, so. Cleaning up. Yeah. So, it was, no, that was definitely a good workout. But, I mean, that's that's really all I've done. I've mixed in in the past. I've re- I've rode bicycle a little bit, you know, try to help with cardio. Um, I'm really not a gym rat. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just don't have the time for it, really. Uh, and... Uh, same thing years past we've had a treadmill here in the shop that i've ran that instead and i don't know it's probably part of it too that i am young enough that i can bounce bounce back pretty good from a good climb so i i bet in the future i'm gonna have to you know keep it seems like a little bit every year i try to extend it as that i can tell you for a yeah. fact you're gonna have to start ramping <laughs> yeah. it up yeah well and, not and all at once you know throughout the year try yeah. to maintain it yeah, you, know, I, yeah you, so, you recover so much faster in your yeah. 20s and then you hit your 30s and it just starts to slow down a little bit and you know i'm at least aware th- of that i am learning from other people's experiences so yeah, yeah. but yeah that, take it to heart it, it does happen unfortunately i i don't think i never thought it would i just thought in my 20s <laughs> like, nah, i'll just keep doing what i'm doing and yeah you know uh, no but that weighted pack thing and that sand really breaks uh, in legs. that is really i think anybody you talk to i think that's kind of the answer it's mm-hmm. hard to beat because yeah. it's it is exactly what we're doing when we're when we're chasing bucks and you know i know um the country that you're hunting you know you spent what 27 days up in the back country yeah. one, one year was that last year or two yeah. years ago wyoming last year last yeah. year wyoming Ten thousand feet nine to ten thousand feet you know yeah you gotta have some endurance yeah. you gotta have some mental stamina um, I, and i think a lot of it too is mental for me mm-hmm. you know i might not be the best in shape on the mountain but i mentally i'm nothing's gonna stop me right you know so it, it might take me a little longer but i'm gonna get there sure you know, so that's, that's, I, I think the biggest part for me. Now, what, uh, what are you doing for, uh, as far as nutrition? I know, you know, with this podcast, yeah. we talk a lot about training and nutrition <laughs> and, um, you know, I think that's one thing that I have completely changed, um, you know, over the years I've, I've definitely gotten way, way, way better and, and figured a lot of things out that I didn't used to. I used to just, you know, it was like everybody else to throw yeah. some bars in a pack and some bagels and, and think I was good as long as I was yeah. filling my belly. But then you start figuring out, you know, there's better things that'll make you feel good. And just test after test, you start realizing what it takes to maintain that up mm-hmm. there and keep your keep your strength up and keep your mind right. Um, so what do you do? Well, the last part you just said there, keep your mind right. So I will admit that candy does go with me in the backcountry because it helps me keep my mind right. Like, What at, kind of candy are we talking? Are, we, oh, are you talking the little hard candies you suck on when you're uh, hiking up the hill? Star, Starburst is pretty good. Star- uh, <laughs> jelly beans, any kind of jelly beans. Um, and then just and then occasionally, you know, like Snickers and whatnot. I mean, now granted, I don't eat it the whole time, but sure. to keep my mind right, like that's – you know, oh, this is. You know why you need that? Because you're not a coffee drinker. <laughs> well, yeah, well, maybe, maybe. Uh, I can't disagree. Uh, but I, I figured so, that out about you. I can't believe uh, it. How yeah. Do you, how do you maintain your uh, sanity up there without any coffee? 
I just I never been a coffee drinker. No, I don't no. like the aftertaste. It's just a taste thing for me. Yeah. I mean, I can drink it. It's just not my favorite. Yeah. It's like I got to pour half a cup of sugar in it. Just <laughs> You're not a druggie like the rest of us. Right. That's probably a good thing. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I don't know about that. Yeah. I mean, there, although, you know, some of those like energy and focus, you know, supplements, I've been, yeah. you know, it's still yeah, got caffeine in it. You so. can get your caffeine from those. Yeah. The energy focus is a great one. But like, yeah, so I definitely do pack a little candy. I admit it. But uh, no, I, this last year I really dove into creating my own meals a little bit, you know, and, and part of it's for cost. Mm-hmm. I actually, a lot of it's for cost. Yep. And then part of it is I feel like crap when I eat those mountain houses the whole time. And I don't know whether it's the salt or, you know, exactly what it is, but it, it, it my body is starting to reject it. Mm-hmm. And I get to that point, you know, 10 days down in a hunt where I look at all the meals in mountain house bags I have laying there and like, my body doesn't want any of it. Like, I like, no, that doesn't look good. No, that doesn't look good. No, that doesn't look good. You know? And so, and I, and I have, I've always been pretty good about listening to my body as to what I want. You know, I mean, whether it's, you know, all of a sudden one day I'm craving cheese. Well, I either like need some calcium or I had a really hard workout the day before. I need to replace some fats or something. You know Mm -hmm. I mean? There's a reason I want that. Uh, um, and, uh, so I've, I've learned to, to listen to, you know, quite a bit. And then just kind of take mental notes of why you're feeling good or bad. Right. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, my backcountry meals that I made last year weren't exactly, you know, some of the healthiest and for what you're running, but they're less salt. Um, I did use my own meat for protein from a deer the year before, you know, I mean, so that was good. And I was only getting salt from the processed, you know, potatoes. Um, but so are you using, what, what are you using for potatoes? Are you using like, uh, uh Idaho? Uh, yeah. Potatoes, yeah. yeah. And, and then that, that makes, I mean, I was using it from the box cause it was cheapest, Sure, but you could easily do the bags for really not that much more. And then you get the different flavors, you mm-hmm. know, with the garlic or, but I put my own seasoning in it. Like I, I'll put ranch, ranch powder in one of them. And then, um, you know, different types of gravy, which that also has a lot of salt in it when you buy it in the bags, but it's cheap. Right. Like, I mean, I'm into these meals, not including if you really want to calculate the price of the meat, you know, I mean, I don't really count that. I already had it. You already got it. Yeah. yeah, You can calculate money for it if you want, but that's just the price of experience. So I'm curious on that meat. Um, just on a side note, how did you do that? You, you said you did a whole deer. Yeah. 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 So I, um, you know, you you see the big giant crock pots that people use for like big pulled pork parties or uh, racks of ribs. Um, we have we have one at least one of them. Um, so I I uh, had to do it in sessions. I mean I didn't do it all at once, but I did cook the whole deer. And so I, I would crock pot it. It basically no no seasoning or nothing there. Just just cook it down so that it falls apart. You know and and. Uh, then you, I take it out of that crock pot and spread it out onto the trays to dehydrate it, and then um, once it's dehydrated, I crush it even more with my hands as I put it into the bags because the smaller that meat is, the better it rehydrates. So I mean, there's I I tried different types of other meals like you know fajitas and like um, different stews and stuff and. If you don't get that meat small enough, it won't rehydrate and right. it's not as good. So, right. 
to me that for meat, when it comes to rehydrating meat, that's the best way to do it is to crock pot it yep. or crock pot it. Yeah. Cook it down to nothing. I agree. Or, or like Joey was telling me to, to pressure cook it, which is, I mean, kind of the same thing. It's just yep. faster. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah, it's kind of, we do it that way. And, um, you know, honestly, you know, a lot of the meals that we make now, we're just making the entire thing together. Yeah, like yeah. a can't, like a thing of chili, yep. you know, I'll let that thing, you know, to get all the good flavoring out of, you know, everything I've thrown in there, the garlic and the veggies, I'll just let that thing cook down till it's thick, you know, and that's really, you're pulling everything out of it. It's got the best flavor when you've let it just go all day. And, uh, but like you said, with getting those pieces of meat small, mm-hmm. um, you know, when I grind that burger, um, oh, so you do it all with ground burger. Yeah. That, well, that would be a huge... Yeah, yeah. not that, adding... That would help. I don't add fat to a lot of the elk burger, um, and I'll use that for some of the stews, and it just crumbles, right? Yeah. It, yep. It's not all... You know, I use a real fine piece of the, on the grinder and get it real real uh, cut down small, and then when you go to cook it, it just falls apart, or you oh, put yeah. it in the crock pot, it just falls to pieces, and you get those nice small pieces, and that's worked really well. Yeah, um, burger would be a good way to do it. I mean, sure. I didn't even think about it. I mean, because I just had that deer, and and uh, <laughs> in fact, it was after we already processed most of our burger, so I was like, I'll just crock pot it, sure. you know what I mean, and it worked. And, sure. and I was surprised at how long it's lasted me. I still have some left over. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah it's, it's such a good way to do it, because... Uh, you know, I, I agree too on the price. Um, man, I used to cringe spending that eight oh. bucks or whatever for one meal. And, you know, you're eating so many of those in a, in a season and you're right. You just never felt very good. You know, I don't, I don't know with a hundred percent certainty if it was the sodium or if it yeah, was just lack sure. of nutrition or, you know, just too much processed or yeah, so ingredients. To go back to like my Wyoming hunt this year, you know, 27 days, you know, this this was my first year doing my own meals, and I still have a long way to go. I mean, you know, talking to you guys last weekend about all the different recipes and the stuff you have, like, I'm super excited to, you know, try some of these out. But one thing I will say, even with just my plain meat and potatoes mash, basically, is all it was. I mean, different flavorings, gravy and whatnot. Um, oh, and then pastaroni on top of that. So I would, you know, just a good source of carbs to help me push, sure. push on. Because, I mean, I was burning so many calories. Um, you know, cause I would, I'd glass, glass a spot in the morning and a lot of times I'd hike during the day, heat of the day, which is not the best for you nutritionally and hydration, mm-hmm. but it's just the, the deer bedded up. It's a perfect time. You're not, you're not wasting glassing time, right? you know? So it, yeah, it was, there was a lot of times I was dehydrated trying to save water because I'm doing it on top, but that's what you had to do. But, uh, so with all that, and I also added a little bit of protein powder to my um, to my oatmeal in the morning. Mm-hmm. All that said, I only lost seven pounds in twenty seven days of hard grinding. Yeah, that's impressive. You know, and 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 twenty seven days in the Wyoming. High yeah, country, well, I'm know, not. Like, it, I did it wasn't twenty seven days straight. There was, you know, different. We'd pop out to move trailheads and grab sure. a shower and a real burger and whatnot. I mean, but still, pretty much hunting the whole time. Yeah, there was. I mean, I'll, I'll admit there was a lot of days I was exhausted, absolutely mm-hmm. exhausted between the elevation and the sun being down on me, and packing a lot of weight because I'm packing my water. Um, and yeah, I was very happy with the way I performed nutritionally 
just and that, and that was just small changes. Mm-hmm. You know, the the I think the protein powder probably helped a lot. Uh and and then yeah, what, whatever's agree. in the mountain house that I don't like. Like I sure. I did I did I never felt crappy because of what I was eating. Gotcha. I, you know, I mean, I might have felt crappy cuz I was dehydrated, but that's my own fault. Like <laughs> hard to pack a lot of water it's up in that country. Exactly. How much weight do you want to carry? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, there all those little things. I think protein is one of those um uh, it's one of those pieces of the puzzle that you know, I know how I used to treat I didn't ever have enough protein up there. When is that's kind of when you really need it, you know. Mm-hmm. You kind of want to keep that that muscle that you've gotten um and not just grind it down. Uh, adding the protein powder, like a good protein powder, um, removing the sugar yeah. <laughs> in the oatmeal and all that, that is huge. And adding a lot of fats. And and I got fats. to the point that I uh, definitely, like, I, I won't lie, I use the, the oatmeal packets with the apple and the brown sugar sure. or whatever. But a lot of mine got wet at one point, and so the sugar was clumped up. You and pull I'd it pull out. it out. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it was so much better. I mean, this year... I plan on making my own, uh, you know, just yeah. go down to Winco where they have it in bulk and you can make your own mash right there or more, not more, not mash, but a morning, um, uh, whatever you call it, a breakfast, a uh, porridge or whatever. Yeah. Mush. Mush. We yeah. It, yeah. It's not that sexy, but yeah. we call it mush. <laughs> um, yeah. And there's so much you can add to it. You know, we add one of my favorites that I don't think I'll ever get tired of and that's just peanut butter powder. Yep. Oh, you know, yeah. Yep. Jack it up with peanut butter powder and a protein powder or some, you know, dehydrated milk, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's just so much you can add, whether it's dried berries. You know, right now we're dehydrating the crud out of the berries. You can toss that in your bag and get those things all sealed up, backpacked, and good to go. And yeah, they rehydrate. And it's just perfect. Yeah. It's clean. Yeah. And, and you can mix it up. You don't have to get the same meal every single day. It's mm-hmm. just boring the crud out of you. Yeah. Then the other thing I need to, definitely increases the fat um because i think that's why i crave cheese so much when i'm in the mountains is is the fact that that's the whenever i come out the first thing i want to do is eat a whole cheese pizza <laughs> just cheese like and that's just what my body is craving yeah you know? well and sometimes I, I do. Too. Sometimes I do eat a whole cheese pizza. <laughs> oh, that yeah, it's hard not to crave cheese pizza, <laughs> any kind of pizza, uh, when you're coming down. That's that's. But I I thing. think it's the fats. I think it's the cheese. Yeah. Is, or it, it's the yeah the fats in the cheese is what is why my body is correlating. Right. So and I'm, one thing we've added, um, you know, we do those mush meals um, mm-hmm. for breakfast, and then we also have them throughout the day, and I just toss a ton of shredded coconut in there and that's one good clean source to get um really gets you a lot of good you know, pretty fats light in there. yeah yeah yep. yeah it just kind of blends in with your with your oatmeal oh just pretty talking about that makes me want some it's i love coconut it's pretty <laughs> love good coconut yeah so that's one thing that we've added um you know chia seeds are another thing there's so much good stuff in a chia seed even the protein content is way high for what you're packing it's super light um, one of those other pieces you just toss in your mush and, you know, if mush gets old, you just mix up the flavor with a yeah. different type of berry or, um, you know, like I said, peanut butter powder or butter powder. There's a lot of things you can add to it. Yeah. I didn't really even gen- know butter powder existed until you were telling me about that the other day. It completely does exist. <laughs> <laughs> I was just, like, where can I get this? <laughs> it's it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, all those little things, they, they weigh nothing and they help you out. What I feel, they help you out immensely. So, um, 
not just for your coffee, but you can add that to any meal and make it good. Uh, so for you, it'd be adding that to your potatoes. Oh yeah. 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 Your Idaho and potatoes. And I didn't, I mean, I, I'd use a lot of potatoes, but I also used rice. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a great filler. It's just a source of carbs. So, yep. you know, whatever you want to use, rice, potatoes, beans, yeah. um, I guess that's most of it. Yeah, it's a good base. Um, use a lot of that brown rice uh, with a lot of dishes now. And, you know, uh, just to keep your psyche like right, so just to keep your mind right, it is important to mix things up. So you can make this really nice dish, um, some type of a, you know, vegetable, stir fry, everything, meat, if you want potatoes, whatever. And then, uh, you know, you'll add, like, I'll find different flavors of curry, which is another, you know, good thing to have, um, whether you get a spicy curry, like a mm-hmm. red curry or a yellow curry or, you know, right now we're using this, uh, what's that stuff called? Like uh, tikka masala, something like that. It's a, it adds a pretty good flavor if you like that flavor. And you just add that to any of your rice dishes that's already just loaded with meat and vegetables and uh, just a completely different flavor from the night before. So it mm. kind of keeps it, keeps it uh, interesting and, and not stale yeah boring oh yeah i definitely got bored with my potatoes last year <laughs> but i f- i felt good on the hunt so i, it was, sure. I mean i just kept scarfing it down because i was i was very happy with how i performed right and and it was night and day difference between that hunt and like a 15 day idaho backcountry trip i did the year before and where i and and part of that too, I just ate like crap, period. Like I packed cookies in on that one. And, you know, I mean, there's definitely an inner fat kid inside of me, <laughs> but, uh, between the cookies and the mountain house, like I just, it, it, I, I felt horrible at the yeah. end of that hunt and yeah. for no other reason than what I was eating. Yeah. So, well, dude, I can say, I mean, you know, uh, we all, I, I've got this. I don't even know if I should say it. It's embarrassing. <laughs> we got this tradition, right? And Jeff Lusk knows this tradition very well because he hunted with me last year in eastern Montana. He, uh, So we I always, from the early days, my mom used to make Rice Krispie Treats. Oh, yeah. Right? <laughs> and uh, I don't know if it's, uh, yeah, I don't know what it is, but. I have to make a batch of rice crisper treats now if I'm going to eastern Montana. It started off that way, you know, when you know, when I was hunting with my dad and so some of those bigger long road trips, it's like you gotta do up a bag, a ziploc bag of rice crisper treats. So Well, I mean I admit it. Is it's or, organic rice crisper treats, right? So of course. they gotta be organic good for you. Marshmallows yeah, and, they gotta yeah. be good for you. You put kale powder, they're all green. <laughs> <laughs> but they're delicious. <laughs> oh but Yeah, uh, but no that 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 is huge. I I don't know that I would have believed it if I didn't experience it myself mm-hmm. on just how much nutrition yeah. keeps me going in the mountains now. Right. Yeah. And, you know, 27 days, you got to, you got to do something. That's, that's impressive. I think the longest I've been out on an actual extended hunt where I never got back to the trailhead was 17 days. Yeah. See, um, and, and I was in and out of the trailhead, I think four or five times that yeah. month. So, I mean, it wasn't a true long, I mean, well, that, the, the, the year before on that Idaho trip, that was like 15 days then mm. i mean my buddy left uh i don't even know what he went to town for another tag i think honestly and but i stayed in camp i mean i actually was at the tent the whole the whole two weeks so and that that was it's a good test yeah of your mind games <laughs> that's where you're at mentally yeah it's tough to do of course having a partner does make it a heck of a lot yeah, easier yeah. yeah but uh for sure so um, I got a question for you. It, you know, you've, you've done really well on mule deer. Is mule deer your favorite 
or elk or antelope or bear what what's going to be your top pick uh yeah i so i mean i definitely have to say i'm a mule deer guy at heart but i it's kind of a progression um to make a short answer long i definitely the the more and more i get into this you know the backcountry adventure style hunts it doesn't matter what animal i'm after mm-hmm. um i just really enjoy being out there getting back deep um mule deer are definitely what i'm good at so i tend to lean towards that more because i do like to be successful sure um you know but i've got a wild itch to you know do do a trail cam slash tree stand slash ground blind whitetail hunt up north north washington Mm -hmm. just because i I do want a big whitetail under my belt um you know just it really doesn't matter i'd say i definitely have a mule deer heart but i love the chess match of hunting elk right i I mean and and I, i don't do it a lot because i'm normally hunting mule deer in september but I've done it enough, and and like I said, I mean, I was on an awesome elk hunt when I was twelve mm-hmm. in Montana in the in on the breaks where you can't you know you you see a, you see the interaction where you know you hunt them in the thick timber you hear it but you don't you know I, I got the full experience of you know big bulls screaming in your face you got to see the rut happen yes and yes it, yeah. and 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 then over time you know I've been on enough of them that. I, I thoroughly enjoy the chess match. Yeah. It's fun. And, and I want to, I definitely want to do it more. I just, I, I'm just hooked on mule deer right now. And, yeah. and, I, and it could just be, uh, kill, kill a couple more big ones. And I might finally feel like I have my fill of it that I can move on. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, it, it really doesn't matter. Like, like I'm telling you right now, I'm super stoked to go on these bear hunts here coming up. Just yeah. Cause it, I get to go into the mountains for a week. Like I'm excited for that. I'll be, yeah, I'm the same way, man. It, just the time of year it is, there's berries. I yeah. mean, we were talking about that. It's, there's uh there's a lot of cutthroat to be caught and a lot of berries to be a uh, chowed on. And, um, yeah, it's not, it's not the hardest hunt, but it takes you into some of the best places, right? Yep, it takes yep. you into that Alpine country. And that is just, just to sit up there and glass. I think mule deer for me is just that as much as I love like you, the chess match of Mm -hmm. the elk and how much I love the elk meat. I think, um, you know, being a, I don't know, I'm kind of a, I guess it's probably antisocial. It's the spot and stock in us is what it is. Yeah. It's that challenge. You know, I I think that's what it is with mule deer. And it's the country that it takes you to. I I think, uh, you know, when I pictured in my head, the tops of those mountains, um, uh, it's just, it's just, that's just where I want to be. Yeah. You know, it's that challenge. And, um, they're just those big old bucks that we're going for. They're just, they're antisocial as well. <laughs> yeah, they're out there true. by themselves, <laughs> usually alone. Yeah. Um, and that's just, uh, I love that country. I love that upper elevation, but, uh, yeah, it is, it is a tough question to answer because, uh, it is hard to beat a good solid rut. And, you know, hunt. honestly, even three, four years ago, I'd have been like, Oh, mule deer. I only love to hunt mule deer, but as, as I'm getting older, it's like, it don't matter. I just like to be out there. Right. I mean, it's, it's, I guess, it, you know, it probably is, it's just the more that I've had to work, <laughs> you know, it's like when now just work, 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 work. It's like anything to get me in the mountains. I don't care what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. I enjoyed a, um, spring bear hunt this year that I never oh, yeah, done. Yeah. And, um, in this state, you just can't draw, you know, you can have, pull a tag every year in Idaho. It's just, Oh yeah. You never drawn in Washington. 
And uh, so that was a completely new experience. And, um, yeah, I'm addicted to that now. I don't Have know you done much spring bear in Idaho before? No, no, oh. it's it's totally new. I've been so addicted to the fall bears because – because you, know, you have a good spot, really. We got yeah. really good spots. Yeah. And I hunt both sides of the state. I hunt east and west. Mm-hmm. And it, it's not even a good spot. You can find bears everywhere. I mean. Well, I, by the spot, I mean like the North Cascades. Yeah, has North a spot. Cascades. Like and, there's just so oh, many bears up in there. There's a ton of bears. Yeah. And it, it, it's just berry. There's just berries everywhere. Yeah. And, um, you know, not enough people do it and get out. And that's why I like, uh, you know, I like taking people bear hunting because, you know, it's not like you're taking them to their deer to your deer spot or elk yeah. spot. You're just you're going in and and you know you're introducing them to a you know another area. And every year you can find new areas for bears. Uh, there's and it's no the, one area that you have to go back to. And it's the country year. you talk about because you're going high for those. You know, I mean, yeah, and the mountain epic. lakes that you're up there next. Mm-hmm. You know, you can camp next to and and you know fish as much as you want. The thing about it is, you can, it's not like it's just a morning afternoon thing either. One in the fall, where spring bear. It was. It was just that. There was oh, a big yeah. gap during the day, um, which is one thing that, you know, you get a little restless. Sometimes they'll come out, you'll see them, but mostly it was a morning, evening type hunt. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the summer or, you know, August here, uh, gosh, these bears, you see them all day long. When those berries are out, the huckleberries <laughs> and the blueberries, are just, yeah. they're out all day. And uh, like I was telling you uh, about those puddles up there that we get in the Cascades, those puddles up in those rocks, Dude, those bears just look for those puddles and uh the hottest time of the day they'll go you know take a take a dip and um you know if i'm seeing bear you know bear trails throughout the blueberries and there's a puddle close by come two three o'clock i'm gonna yeah. sit next to that puddle because that bear <laughs> is going to be in there most likely um but yeah it's it's just a different type of hunt and it's pretty fun but um so uh all right I'm going to ask you some questions. Oh, boy. The, the end of the podcast questions. Uh-huh. That's right. So uh, let's hear some of your strengths. What's your biggest strength? Oh, I'd say, boy, like especially like when it comes to hunting, just, I mean, being mentally tough is, I'd say, a big strength for me. Cause, and like I explained earlier, I'm, I try to stay in shape, but I'm probably not one that's in the best shape on the mountain but because i'm mentally tough i'm gonna get there you'll get there you know and that's that's huge i think for me um and i don't know what's created that i'm just grateful i have it honestly you know i mean um that's a that's a big strength for me i'm pretty mentally tough so yeah that that's hard to describe isn't it to guys especially young guys um you know guys that are coming out of a gym and think that they can go climb mountains all day and keep up (laughs) if they don't have that and i you know i don't know if it's mental strength or just the love for what you're doing probably yeah um you just you get such a rush out of doing it and being up there and and getting that opportunity i don't it's hard to explain but i get that yeah that's probably what makes you so successful year after year after year yeah but um i'd say that's that's probably the biggest strength yeah all right, let's go the other way with it. What's your biggest weakness? Huh. Oh man. <laughs> like a oh, that's a tough one. I mean when um when it comes to hunting, I don't have any idea. Yeah. Um Ice cream. I know, yeah. Sugar. <laughs> no, but 
I definitely, or like I was telling you earlier, it comes to money. I'm horrible at saving money. That's definitely just a personal weakness. Uh, I guess I'm really good at saving it until hunting season. Then for some reason, it just all goes away. It's easy to blow. Yeah. (laughs) if there's tags out there in Idaho. (laughs) There's always hunts to be done. Yeah. But, oh, man, I that's a tough one. Well, let's let's, uh, get a little more specific. What's your biggest weakness when you're out on the mountain hunting, chasing mule deer? (sighs) You know, I I would say patience, but... I, I, I can be very patient. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just, I guess if I sit there, glass a basin and I don't see anything at, you know, prime either morning or evening glass, you know, a patient guy might sit there and do it the next day where I want to move on. And I, I don't know that that's good or bad. Yeah. I don't uh, know, you know that that's a weakness. I think that's, uh, I, I don't know. Well, I mean, over time, you figured out that's probably what's worked the best for you. Yeah, but that, but uh, but it might be completely opposite for other guys, or sure. for even me, if I would have sat there the next day. Yeah, you know. But I I, I don't know that. But I I I want to keep moving, you know. And I uh, I'm the same way. Yeah, it's, I don't know that it's wrong. I guess, but to me, it can be. I feel like that could be a big weakness if if I was just patient you, enough and sat there for one more day. Especially if that new spot that you went and checked out didn't produce anything. You didn't see anything. <laughs> You're going to be thinking back, should I have stayed? Yeah. Or and then you find out that another guy went in there and shot one the next day. And it's like, <laughs> well, and that's actually happened. I mean, where I've kept moving and it's like the same ridge I hunted the day before. I found out a guy went in there the next day and shot a freaking giant buck. And it's mm. like, I was just there. Like how did the, yeah. so had I been more patient and said, this is a good spot. You know, every, it's got everything it needs to hold a big buck. There's gotta be one in here and sit there and pick out every little shadow behind every little tree. You you know, be a little more patient. It might've paid off, but that's always should have, what have coulda, I guess. I mean, sure. I don't know. I, I, that's a tough one. So you've had, you've had quite a few experiences. You've been fortunate enough to do, spend a lot of time and, uh, be real successful in the mountains for those young guys out there that are just getting into it. Cause I feel like there's a lot of them right yeah. now kind of yeah. paying attention to you know, not just social media, but podcasts. They're looking for information. They're looking for any little tips that can, uh, kind of help them and, and keep them going. What kind of advice would you have for those guys? Mm. Someone just out there wanting to do it, um, just getting into it. They want to be successful and, and, you know. Yeah, this one, you know, I've thought about this even before where guys, I've had guys ask me, you know, like, I mean, always the simple questions like, you know, you know what kind, which rifle should I buy or whatever. But I always tell them, like, don't compare yourself to me because mm-hmm. I am obsessed. Like, it to come up to my level where that's all I think about. I mean, don't compare yourself to me or, or the amount of time I spend in the mountains. Like you can't, you can't compare yourself to me because yeah, I kill these big bucks or whatever, but that's because I was there for two weeks when you only have a weekend or two weekends in a month, right. you, you can't compare yourself to that. I mean, that's, and so uh, that, that would probably be the first thing is don't compare yourself to the biggest and baddest because then you will feel like you failed. Sure. And um, then the, the next thing is, oh, did you know, you just got to keep after it. It's, you know, it's hard to explain to people 
how to pick out a good hunting spot. You know, that seems to be another big question. And, and I know that's even hard for me to explain. Like, you know, how do you know there's deer here? Well, I guess experience has told me that, you know, like there's, this has got, you know, whether it's a high basin or a sage coulee that like, you know, those deer bed up in these coulees on, on some of the washouts, you know, underneath these lips where it's shaded and, you know, some of the desert, more sagebrush stuff. And I guess, you know, it's, it's hard to explain. You just got to get out there and, and spend the time to kind of learn them. Um, but it goes as far, I mean, like I said, don't compare yourself to me because, an example I have is, um, hunting bobcats. Uh, I've, I love hunting bobcats at night, calling them at night and whatnot. And six years ago when I kind of was getting into them, I learned everything I could possibly learn about a bobcat, what they ate, what their breeding habits were, what the average weights of them are, you know, for, for, well, you know, when I get one down, you know, how big is it? Is this a, an older class or a younger class? And that's because, an old Tom is going to have, you know, his, his, um, what do you call it? Range. Uh, yeah. His, his house range basically, you know, of how many miles he's going to cover for his home. And it, within that range, I learned that there's two to three adult females in that range. And then for each one of those females, there's three kittens or two to, you know, so it's like, which one did I shoot? So that means how many more are in this range? Like, like I just submersed myself in these bobcats and within two, three years, I was, I was killing quite a few. Whereas like those first couple of years, I was making so many trips and we got lucky to get one, mm-hmm. you know, and then I was kind of getting them figured out. And now, you know, like last year, I think I went twice and killed one, one trip and saw one the next trip. I mean, mm-hmm. so it's like, you know, and that could be true for the deer, you know, learn what they eat, pay attention to the, to, to the shrubbery and flowers. Like, you know, all of a sudden you'll be walking along and one of these, one of these plants, we'll just call it a plant. You don't know what it is. And all the flower heads are eaten off of it. And it's like, okay, well, where's more of these? Cause they really like these, right? you know, you pay, pay attention. Um, it's it, little, little things like that, you know, sign, you know, I mean, I, I listened to that, uh, that podcast with you on the round table for elk, uh, that Cody rich posted and, you know, hearing your version on, on for elk, you know, just paying attention to the sign. Cause if there's no tracks, no scrapes, like there's probably not elk there. Like, mm-hmm. you know, so it's covering country and paying attention to the subtle details, I think is, is, you know, great advice for a young guy, um, who, who looks at, who looks at a map of, all these mountains and just has no idea where to start, you know? Yeah. I think I feel like a lot of the, a lot of the guys that, you know, maybe have not had a mentor, which there seems to be a few of those right now, a lot of them. And that's something that I can't relate to. So that's hard. That's hard for me. It is really hard when you haven't grown up around it to explain what to look for. Cause I get hammered with questions, everything from what elevation should I start at looking for mule deer? And, uh, you know, wh- where do I look to, you know, what kind of an area are you looking for to set up a camp and all these things that you don't really think about anymore. Yeah. You just, I don't know. It's just, you've done it and, yeah. uh, it's hard to, hard to describe. It's really hard to teach. And, uh, it seems like you just kind of have to go back to, you got to get out there and figure it out for yourself. Yeah. It, if you have, if you can find a good mentor, obviously, if they're willing to take you yeah. and, and shave some, some years off, but great. To, to me, the biggest thing is time, just yeah. time spent in the mountains. Yeah. yeah. And I, you can't, it, it's no different than, than going to college. 
and learning something in a classroom and yet you go to you end up getting hired on a job and they still send you for two years of training on the job you know i mean it's it's no different sure like you got to go learn it yeah and 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 i even took it to that level back to the classroom level like with those cats like i knew nothing about them and i just know that i wanted one right. and now like and and i paid like i said it's, it is the subtle details because um, there were spots where when I first started hunting those cats, I would see so many rabbits and pack rats. And I mean, I'm just paying attention and it's like, there's so much cat food here. They have to be here. Mm-hmm. And now I've hunted those same areas where, you know, the, the, the population swings in, you know, where the predators go up, the, the prey goes down type of thing. And now there's not, there's no rabbits. And it's like, well, Either the cat population is still at its peak, which I know it's not because I haven't seen any. So it's probably down in the dirt, meaning we're waiting now for the prey population to come back up. And then I'll start seeing more cats there again. And just, I I don't know. It's like I said, like I always tell guys, like, dude, get out there and get after it. But don't compare yourself to me because that... I I love it and and, uh, submerse myself so much into it that... You don't want to compare yourself to me. Like that's just yeah, that's not the right way to go about it. Like you you need to get out there and experience it yourself. Yeah, it sure seems like you know. Obviously, you know everybody knows you. You only learn so much in a classroom. And right. I feel like right. when we're talking to guys, you know, whether it's through a seminar or whatever, yep, yep. you can kind of only tell them so much, and and really their most valuable experience or their most, most valuable knowledge is going to come when they're actually boots on the ground out yeah. there doing it themselves. And but I think, I think these situations. podcasts though are a great avenue. I mean, just like, I, I think what? it's a great base. It, I think it really it gives guys, well, maybe lots, a lot of inspiration and motivation to go out yeah. there and, and what kind of what to look for. It's, there's, there's so many things that we can't explain very well. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it, night and day. I mean, you and I didn't grow up getting all this opportunity to listen to podcasts and no, get all well, this information. And like when you were talking about your techniques on 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 that podcast with Cody Rich on the on the the way you approach hunting those elk without calling, you know, just just raking, acting like an elk, basically. Um, you know, that's something that I've really never heard anybody else talk about and or thought about myself. I mean, granted, I don't hunt elk a lot, but like. I picked that up mm-hmm. from that podcast and, and I feel like I've been around the tree a time or two, you know? Sure. And so I think these podcasts are awesome, but yeah, you know, I, I do have already a big, a good base. So it's kind of, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a tough question. I mean, to, to, to tell somebody new. It is. And I, I, I want to help all these young guys. I, it, it, cause there is some type of barrier to entry here that really has got them intimidated. Um, I just feel like, yeah, man, minus just, you know, saying, come on over, we'll go hit yeah. the mountains and go for yeah. a hunt, which you can't do all the time. Yeah. Or, you know, another thing you could maybe tell them, and, and I've, I've told a couple of guys is start small, you know, go coyote hunting Yeah. because the amount of op- creating opportunity is going to get you the experience. And there's so many coyotes, like you're going to have lots of opportunity. And you know, one of the other things I think is, uh, you know, maybe in, in our world, you know, we both bow hunt, but we also, I'm not a purist by any stretch. Yeah. I love muzzleloader hunting. <laughs> I love rifle hunting. Yeah. I love bow hunting. Each has got its own unique challenge. And I feel like a lot of guys, 
maybe if they just start jumping into this, they're hearing from guys, oh, you, you know, if you're not a bow hunter, you're nothing, right? Yeah. You're cheating. Yeah. I hate that. Yeah. Nothing drives me. <laughs> I used to, I used to fly fish in Alaska. And, um, so I was really submerged in the fly fishing world. And yet I grew my business back home. I sell terminal tackle and fish and bait and all those kind of supplies. And I grew up you know, chucking sand shrimp for steelhead in the Skykomish. <laughs> and so then I went and spent all those years in Alaska as a fly fishing guide. And I loved it. I loved that world. But there was a whole group of guys that uh, I was not comfortable being around. Snobs, snobbery, <laughs> ego. Um, it just drove me crazy when these guys would start talking about, oh, you're just a terminal guy. Or look at that guy with the, you know, spinning rod or whatever. And dude, that just drove me crazy. Because, uh, everybody's got to start somewhere and if that's what they want to do, let them yeah. do it. Oh yeah. So, you know, and, and I, it's, and it's I, not, I feel like that translates into what yep, we're doing. Exactly. Oh, I don't want to look down on anybody who maybe, I mean, obviously you start off rifle hunting, you're going to be so much of a better bow hunter if you convert to bow hunting later in life. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't say you can't be a great bow hunter, but it helped me. I know right. I used to rifle hunt and, um, that, that created so many experiences, so many things I learned that created a better bow hunter in me, I feel like. Well, and, and for, you know, like uh, the way you start, I like I explained it earlier, I shot a doe for my first year. Granted, right. I was I was young, but it don't matter. Sure. Like, you, like to, to go out and successfully uh, notch a tag, and then all of a sudden, like say, you, say you've been out four or five times as a beginner, and then you finally get that dough. All of a sudden, you just you just immerse yourself into more steps that you didn't even know existed on processing that animal. Yep. You know, I mean, stuff that yep. you never thought about before. So then the next time that happens, say you know, say you shoot a buck that like you'd want to have mounted. Well, since you shot that dough before, like you kind of have a better idea on where to cut and maybe like how to cape, you know, it, how out to cape it out. Yeah, you know, what I mean, yeah, better. Yeah, and, baby steps. It's yeah, all exactly. these little experiences, and uh, exactly. you know, not not everybody's going out in the first year is going to be a four point or yeah. a, a one hundred and sixty plus buck. It's right. Just, it, it it's just not going to happen that way. And if I think people get disappointed uh, if you kind of get sucked into the social media world, uh, that you know they look down they look they get looked down upon if they go out and shoot a three point or yeah. something small. But that's just uh, yeah, it drives me crazy. No, I try to praise <laughs> anyone. Uh, you know young kids females anyone that's like especially when they say it's their first deer with a bow or whatever yeah. it's like you know tell them congrats and to keep keep going i mean that's yeah that's not easy you know doesn't matter what animal it is and and uh you know and, and that's like i said with the coyotes i think that's some of the best advice i could give because you're just gonna have the, the more opportunity you have the better you're gonna get and if you can kill a coyote with a bow like a deer's going to be easy. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Sure. So yeah. like that's, and, and you're just going to have, you're going to be out there. You're going to be paying attention to, you know, things like the wind, you know, because the coyote's going to come down wind to you, mm -hmm. you know I mean? Just, and, and that you don't, you don't have wind. to have, you probably have to have a small game license, but it's fairly inexpensive to go out and hunt coyotes, you know, and, and they're everywhere. And even if you're surrounded by private property, a lot of farmers and ranchers don't care if you go out and hunt coyotes. I sure. mean, definitely want to ask, but most of them will give you permission. And so, I mean, that's, that's huge on just getting out there and, and, you know, learning from each and every time, either you're putting a stock on one or you're calling one in, like, 
It, yeah, I think every one of those experiences, even back from bird hunting to coyote yeah, hunting to everything, yeah. it's just a culmination of experiences, which uh, gets to gets you to the point like where you are now, where you know you just kind of have all these things in your head, and you know how to work a situation and how to have a setup, and um, you know how the animal's going to act when he's coming in or, or when you're going in, and and, uh, and like one thing I forgot to say, like with the coyotes, is you can hunt them year round. Yeah, you know it's it's experience you you can get out there and experience a hunt you know in the spring in the summer whenever you have time whereas deer season's so short that's where you know that's where hunting multiple states definitely helps on gaining experiences on like you know mule deer where i don't just hunt kill my one deer in washington it's like i'm killing deer in washington idaho maybe montana maybe wyoming you know you're getting i'm i'm exponentially gaining experience per year you know, because the deer season shows sort, and that's why I think hunting coyotes is, is so so much fun, and and it gives you a year round time to practice. Sure, and and shoot, how much time I spend practicing myself, just shooting a bow at a target or a rifle. You know, like I spend a lot of time maintaining my edge. You know, I mean, yep. it's and you have to. You never hit a point where you're like, oh, I'm good. I'm good for yeah. the rest of my life. <laughs> It's hard to explain this enough. It's hard to explain that to these to these kids, yeah. you know, where it, it's hard to see the big picture. Yeah, yeah. They They're always wanna... always working to get better and, and yeah. always still learning. You know, we're all still learning. And um, so you've had, you know, obviously a lot of experiences, and um, you know, you've had opportunities that a lot of guys haven't had yet to travel out of state. Um, you know, kind of live the life that most of us hunters enjoy so much. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it is a, a passion gets thrown out a lot but it is truly that yeah um what uh through all these things that you've done what uh what are you most grateful for uh simply i i've said this before i'm extremely grateful that i'm able-bodied and healthy because without that i would not be able to do any of that yeah you know and and i've had times where i've had i've had injuries you know, and, and that was some of the hardest times on me, you know, a knee that I couldn't put weight on type of thing, you know, and, and, uh, yeah, without being able-bodied, none of, none of this would be possible. Right. And so, and now I spend more time trying to keep it that way, you know, so. Yeah, it's, uh, uh that's, <laughs> that's one thing that we're, uh, so spoiled with when you have your health, you know, you take it for yeah. granted, but when you don't man that couldn't imagine yeah. It, yeah that that's my biggest fear yeah it really is yeah same here i want to hunt when i'm 80 yeah <laughs> that's the goal <laughs> so that's how we put ourselves through all this work hopefully yeah. this all this work doesn't uh break us down and <laughs> no it's funny you know around me. like you know thanksgiving or whatever sitting around family dinner and you know you go around the table say what you're thankful for and and i've said that before it's yeah that's i've come to really appreciate my health and and try to keep it the best i can and and stay out of situations where i can potentially get hurt because i mean it don't take much and you're not climbing a mountain anymore that's a good point i yeah that's um i'm glad you brought that up that's something that um I've noticed in myself, I become quite the sissy <laughs> when it comes yeah. to traversing a rock edge or, yeah. you know, I used to do stupid stuff. I remember one time, uh, I, <laughs> there was a big old bull on the other side of the snowbank and there was a big old crick separating the two of us. Um, but he was on the other side and he was running cows on a avalanche field 
and uh and I had to get over there and it was a perfect stockable situation with my bow and but you know underneath that snowbank was a giant creek running so I'm kind of weighing it that my options here do I do it do I risk it um and I had already we had just had my daughter Paley I think it was that same year and uh so I'm weighing that. I'm kicking it around. I'm thinking, gosh, do I do this? Do I risk it or not? Yeah. It was a big bull. And uh, so I just grabbed a big old 10-foot pole that had sheared off in an avalanche chute. Grabbed that. Hooked it under my arm. And, oh, to keep your weight distribution out. Yeah, yeah. in case I did yeah. fall through, yeah. you know. So I figured, well, this yeah. is as safe as I'm going to get. Uh, if I do fall through, at least I can hopefully pull myself out and shimmy across. But, um, yeah, I shot across that. and after that fact, I thought, man, that was pretty stupid. Yeah. Because it could have went horribly wrong. But yeah. I don't do, I, you know, now that I got two kids, I, I think uh, I'm a lot more cautious and I would not do that again. But so many situations up there that, you know, we used to, I used to take dumb, dumb risks. Um, and uh, yeah, too many, too many opportunities for uh, a fall, a stupid slip. And yeah, it's just not worth it. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm definitely conscious about it now. Yeah. And I, I hope it doesn't get too much worse because then I will be a big sissy, but <laughs> <laughs> we'll all be hunting in the desert. No more alpine. Yeah. Uh, no, but yeah, that's, that's huge. I'm that my health is. Yeah, that's a great answer. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Nobody said that one before. I'm surprised, but, uh, well, cool, man. This was, this was fun. I'm glad, um, got to come over here and, and, uh, yeah. spend some time with you and hang out and got to shoot with you last weekend. And, uh, yeah, hopefully. Yeah, they didn't get to see a lot of my mounts because they're all down in Sportsman's Warehouse. Yeah, but, that's what I heard. Yeah, so. That's all right. There's enough bone in this yeah. shop right here oh, to yeah. satisfy. <laughs> you know, I like my mounts down there because, shoot, you know, when they sell guns and stuff down there, they got the best security system known to man. And yeah, like I true. talked to the guy when he was building the front desk and stuff, and he said, you can't, you can't even drive through the front door with those gates that they have the metal uh whatever yeah the the metal roll down gates yeah like they he said the month before they had a guy try to drive through it and they didn't make it no kidding (laughs) so like my mounts are literally under lock and key and and i feel like that's the best place for them yeah i've had nightmares i swear thinking about what would happen in a fire oh all my antlers got burnt up or something crazy like that you know it's it's the memories that would uh, yeah like and and that helps too with me filming now. You know, I get to have another avenue to remember those those hunts. Sure. But I definitely love the mountains. Yeah, and you've kind of uh, you've kind of motivated motivated me to. Um, I was talking to Brian Barney about cameras, and oh yeah, I finally bit the bullet and <laughs> dropped some of my uh, yeah my cash that I didn't not ever want to drop. <laughs> bought a bought an okay camera, so I'm gonna actually take photos this year instead of pulling out my cell phone. And yeah, just yeah, snapping shots. So. Um, yeah, talking to you about, I have a feeling those experiences on film and and getting them down is, I I have a feeling that you're going to really turn to love that photography side of it. Yeah, I think so. Cause, cause the same thing's going to happen. No different than my, my film, no different than that mount. At the end of the day, you, you shoot a photo of a basin that you've hunted forever and you absolutely love. And you bring that photo home and blow it up and print it on the wall. Like there's nothing better. Like that's, it's so awesome to. The, the the quality that those little cameras are putting out now 
uh, you know, for photos. Yeah, yeah. I got that Sony, and it's it's small. That was always mm-hmm. the one thing that yeah. I just did not want to pack. I was too stingy with my uh, the weight in my backpack. But um, yeah, I think I've learned my lesson. Um, you know, I've done a lot of hunts. I'm, I'm old, so I've done <laughs> a lot of hunts, and I never have been a photo guy. And now I regret it. Yeah, I'm already there. I've, I right now regret not having video clips. Yeah, you know. Of, you know, whether it's just me or me and my dad or me and my cousin or whatever, all those trips that I've taken in the past, I don't have any video of that. And mostly I just have some cell phone photos Yeah, <laughs> and that's about it. So, you know, it's, and it's funny to think about, I've had conversations about this before where like, I mean, I don't have kids yet, but if I do, my whole life is going to be documented. Right. Like how cool is that going to be when like, you know, my kids have kids down the road or whatever and they go can go back and plug in the video and like this is what grandpa used to do right like i mean that's 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 priceless yeah he yeah there's so much missed out and yeah you got me thinking about that as well you know my daughter i'd love to for her to you know we started late having kids right she's eight i plan to as well (laughs) yeah and uh (laughs) so you know she's I'd love for her to be able to see some of the hunts and, you know, hopefully starting now like I am. Um, yeah. Or they get to ago. film her, you know. Well, she's two years away. You know, we're going to be doing a bear hunt in two years with her, and, and I want to get that on video. So starting now and getting all the bugs worked out <laughs> yeah. and figured out, and uh, hopefully with your guidance on some editing, we'll uh, we'll get some good stuff down with yeah. with these hunts from now on. But, uh, yeah, definitely a big piece of advice for me is is – start filming now because i'm at that point where i regret not having done it for so many years so yeah no it's i'm really glad i have yeah and and some of the stuff i've seen you know um just people wouldn't believe me if i didn't have film of it you know right and or 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 proof like 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 the hell you shot that buck with your bow like no no really (laughs) you want to see it like right for sure you know so yeah it's, it's been fun I've, i'm you know and, and now i don't know that i could go back i don't know that i could hunt without filming like it's because i i love going back and reliving it and yeah. so i can hunt year round i just got to turn on the computer that's right you know yeah. uh, so that's it's yeah, been and, fun. It, and it's good you know i you've, you've got such cool videos out and you've got some recent ones out that are just it just shows so much it's just it's so cool that you've got that and you actually had you know the video of all these trips that you've Mm -hmm. got lately and um so that other people can see it so when your videos come out they can actually see what you're talking about yeah and it shows a lot so yeah it's it's definitely a a big bonus it's been fun i'm I'm excited to kind of show you some ropes and yeah get you going because just to see some of the places that you know you got planned coming up it'll be it'll be cool to see Mm -hmm. so good hunts we're close man week away first hunt comes in a week and then uh yeah, down in Nevada and, and then back up here for Washington Bear. So, yeah, good stuff coming. Yeah, well, thanks for having me on here, Absolutely. Man. Yeah, appreciate you doing this. And, uh, yeah, maybe now we can go out and get some shooting in or something. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. All right, man. Thanks, Zach. Yeah, till next time. Hey, folks. Thanks for listening to the Hunt Harvest Health Podcast. If you enjoyed the podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. Visit our website at huntharvesthealth.com for more podcast stories and recipes. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Hunt Harvest Health. 
You can also message me at StahealthyHunter, that's S-T-H, and I will be more than happy to answer any questions you might have. Also tag your photos, Hunt Harvest Health, or Get Stealthy, as we enjoy seeing what you guys are doing as well.